Welcome back to the Hank Strange situation. Lifestyles of the locked and loaded. Live. We are live. Come on, let's see. We do this thing called jazz hands here. Everyone has to do jazz hands. The dudes are right. Yeah, Hightower Armory doing jazz hands. Hold on. Let's see. Walter's doing jazz pinkies. There you go. What is Babyface P doing? He's trying cracking to protest. Cracking my knuckles, and then I, I, oh. did, I did it. I did it. And then I get, got cracking knuckles. Okay? Yeah, okay. <laughs> well, okay, Babyface, he's trying to protest. This is uh, episode number 433 of the Who oh. Moved My Freedom podcast. Hope you guys have your big girl panties on tonight. We've got uh, Hightower Armory here. They're talking bullpup kits, of course. Do you guys make anything other than bullpup kits? Uh, yeah, well, as far as other products are concerned, we do make quite a few different uh, different options. And okay. uh, there, Walter's got one of them there. That's one of our uh, Ruger Magazine. 1022 magazines. And um, yeah, I've actually we've got one here, too. Um, so what this is, is uh, it's a window 1022 magazine. Um, it's got uh, uh, the probably the biggest feature, aside from the windows, would be the fact that it's uh, a quick disassemble. Uh, it doesn't require any tools. You can take it all apart. And then okay. it actually... Uh, we'll convert over to a, a thumb-assisted magazine once you remove the windows. You can actually pull the follower down uh, from the outside to uh, quickly uh, load oh, that. So. Interesting. Wow, I didn't even realize. Yeah, yeah. Okay, yep. very cool. So we're going to have these guys here for the whole two hours. We're going to talk to them, find out about how Tower Armory, all that kind of good stuff. Shout out to everyone who's coming in. As you folks come in, please smash the thumbs ups, of course. That's awesome. You know, you can comment in here, ask questions and stuff like that. We'll get it to the Hightower Armory guys. Uh, don't forget to share all of that. Um, let's see. I think I think I pretty much covered everything. Oh, you know what? Oh, oops, I got to change this and put, let's see. Let's put, uh, I'm going to put, uh, let's oh, see. When, when it's time, when it's, when it's time for some Florida here. Man news, I just got a Florida Man article. It'll crack everything. Oh, there we no. go. There we go. Walter, okay, we got no. Florida Man news. Uh-oh. So let's start with the Hightower guys. Where are you guys? Where are you guys located? Uh, we're in Minnesota, uh, just kind of northwest of the, the Twin Cities oh. area. Um, oh. So, yeah, we're up in the in the north country. <laughs> yeah. Minnesota. Yeah. Minnesota. Yeah. Minnesota. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I apologize <laughs> for the accent. <laughs> I didn't hear it. You're, too close didn't. To, you're already apologizing. You're too close to Canada. You need to stop apologizing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so uh, I, I didn't really hear the accent. Did you guys hear it? I didn't mm. hear the accent yet. No, no. I no. couldn't pick it out. No. Yeah. We, we try to hide it. We're not the dumbest ones. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, boy. It's a pretty Competitive category. <laughs> yeah. Shout out to everyone in Minnesota that's out yeah, there. That's right. <laughs> if you're watching and you're from Minnesota, let us know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we'll. Yeah, but, we, we oh, enjoy Thank that. you so much for having us, by the way, too. We really appreciate it. It's great to uh, reach out to your guests yep. and, and your uh, your fans. So thank you so much. Awesome. Thanks for coming on. And, of course, you guys, if you've been looking at the channel here, I think we've done two kits, right, Walter? We've done. Yeah, um, we Got what? the 1022 kit going on. Yes, we got that. There we go. Boom. And then we have the high point 10 millimeter. Boom. There you go. Boom. There yeah. Now this this uh, high point kit that Walter's showing that actually came from High Tower Armory, and of course the uh, the uh, 1022 one came from High Tower Armory. But the guys at Brownells, do you see me wearing? I'm rocking my. Uh, since I can't, there we go, boom, on the, I'm rocking my Brownells, <laughs> I'm rocking the Brownells thing, so the, the Brownells guys uh, hooked us up with you guys. Uh, oh, awesome, and, yeah. Yeah, and no, sent Brownells, is, they've been great to work with, and uh, we, we really enjoy our relationship with them too, so. Yeah, awesome. So, um, all, all the stuff you guys make can be found on Brownells, or? 
Um, only some of the the products. Okay. Uh, a lot of our yeah, a lot of our products are are kind of niche. Um, and there are some that we would like to get in with Brownells. Um, at some point here, but part of it was when we first launched the 1022 stock was was in really high demand. Um, that was kind of our focus was just to get that out and and consistently fill the orders mm-hmm. uh, for them. But uh, yeah, most of the other stuff is available uh, obviously on our website, and we do have other smaller uh, brick and mortar store uh, vendors around the country that do carry our stuff as well. Oh, okay, so. cool. Yeah. So um, so the best place for people to find you guys is on your website, right? If they're looking for stuff from Hightower Armory. Absolutely. Yeah. Yep. So yeah. www.hightowerarmory.com. And then we do have a Facebook page uh, that mm-hmm. we try to be fairly active on. Um, we have an Instagram and uh, and a YouTube as well. Yeah. Um, we're not, we were talking about before, before the show, uh, as far as our social media goes, we aren't super big into it and super, I know we need to, to do it more, but part of it is, is we're a, a small company. And so for us, it's, uh, you know, it's, it's all kind of run uh, in-house and to uh, take time away from the actual production uh, to follow up on that can be hard sometimes. So, um, but yeah, the best way to probably get a hold of us is to either uh, call us directly or email us. Um, our email address is just info at hightowerarmory.com. Oh, okay. All right. So, um, so the, what you guys are saying is you are, you are on, um, yeah, I see you guys are here. You're on uh, Instagram. I'll show, I'll throw this up. Let me see if I can get this up there. Boom. There's Hightower Armory on Instagram. Um, for anyone who's looking, it's just Hightower Armory, all one word. And then you guys said you're on Facebook as well, right? Correct. Yep. Okay. And um, if anyone out there has any of your products or they're interested and they want to maybe get some questions that they can't find answers to, do you guys have a good way that the folks out there can reach out to you? Absolutely. Yeah. So mm-hmm. our, our Facebook page is a great uh, resource. Um, our, our website, of course, too, we have a contact information there. Um, and then there's a couple forums that also have uh, a lot of the questions that come up consistently that people uh, have used as a resource. Uh, one of them is Bullpup Forum. Um, I don't know if you've uh, dealt with those guys much, but they have a, a really great resource for everything Bullpup. Um, they're okay. probably they're probably the best resource for our 1022 uh, Bullpup. Okay. And then the High Point Forum is probably the best resource right now in terms of just the volume of questions for um the the high point stock but there the high point stock is on the bullpup forum uh, as well and, and we do answer questions on both uh, when we get a chance and, and the community there on both is fantastic and, and a lot of times they'll get to the question before i i even can so okay so i'm gonna cut to the chase Uh-oh. So, yeah. uh oh when does the high point come out with your stock on from the factory <laughs> <laughs> that's that's a that's a great question I, I don't know we we would love that uh they i think part of it is they they play everything pretty close to the best and they try yeah. i think they try to do everything in-house for the most part yeah. um yeah. so it's it is tough to to get into that scene um that's not to say that some manufacturer might you know uh take it upon themselves to start doing a, a custom you know ready-made uh, high point that they're offering, you know, that they do uh, a combination in-house themselves. Um, but yeah, I mean, for right now, it's it's an easy enough conversion that the you know the average uh, uh, shooter can can probably figure out how to do the conversion relatively quickly, and that's been our experience too. It's just it's it's a fairly straightforward process, so most people uh, can yeah. do it. I found it su- uh, very 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 easy. Yeah, well, that's good. good. Yeah, um, it was. It was more complicated to take the the high the high point out of the stock than it was to put it into the new stock. That's and what we hear the most of, yeah. Take yeah. it out of the original stock to put it into the the high tower stock. So. Yeah. So um, let me get to this because we're kind of like I know Dan hates you says this is the stuff you guys do at the end of the show. And, they, and he wants to know what you guys do. So, yeah, absolutely. We're going to get into what the Hightower Armory guys do here. I just wanted to kind of get that. You know, you, they're, a, they're a smaller company, so we wanted to 
Um, you know, make sure anyone who's coming in here right now that maybe knows about them or is interested has a way to get in touch with them. We'll we'll definitely do it at the end. And Richard Hughes gave us a couple of bucks. He says, "Will there be a Hank Ten discount code?" Richard Hughes <laughs> we, putting we, the pressure on early. <laughs> we we can absolutely have that set up after the show. That that yeah, I would okay. be awesome. our, our pleasure <laughs> to do. It. Yep. Awesome. <laughs> yeah, that's very cool. So let's start. Let's start, uh, Andy, with uh, what you do, what you guys do, or either one of you, uh, Nick, right? Yep. Okay. So yeah, either I'm. You guys are in the plastics business. You know, like remember what was that movie where the guy said plastic, son? It's the future. Oh, was that the Graduate? It was. I think it was the Graduate. I think so. I, think it was I, think the graduate. So. Yeah. I don't know. Babyface is never doesn't even know what we're talking about. I know the, I know the quote. <laughs> no, I know the quote. I yeah. just don't know what movie that's yeah. from. I mean, I don't either. So no. Oh, you okay, Walter? You never saw that. Okay. No. Okay. Never saw the Graduate. There you go. All right. <laughs> No. So there we go. If anyone's seen yeah. The Graduate, let us know. All right. So Andy and Nick, I mean, do you guys consider yourself in that? Like, what exactly? How do you guys categorize High Tower Armory? Tell us, like, where you are, how you started doing this, all that kind of stuff. Sure. So, well, basically, yeah, we're. I mean, we are in, into the plastics field. I guess that's that's certainly um, you know kind of the, uh, the the broad strokes category of, of firearm parts that we're. We're involved in. Um, we have a, a pretty good knowledge set and, and skill set in that field. So a lot of the things that we make gravitate around that uh, technology. Um, but what we really focus on doing is providing customers with a uh, extremely high quality, high value product for the money, which is what polymers and plastics allow you to do is you can get uh, a lot of bang for your buck. And um, so what we're trying to offer people is uh, something that they maybe would never get to see somewhere else, something new, something uh, completely unique and we try to offer it at a price that's you know affordable so um, one of the things that probably many people don't have a lot of experience with or access to would be like a pistol caliber carbine in a bullpup platform mm -hmm. so you're looking at probably the next closest thing would be like there's that jarred um m68 i believe is that yeah. the all aluminum <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it's the all aluminum okay. one. Uh -huh. And I think that one's like $900. And then the next, Whoa. the only other two that I can think of would be like the Tavor or the um, the AUG in 9mm. And there you're talking 1500 to $2,000. Yeah. Yeah. So for $500, what we're offering is is people who are maybe kind of on the fence about a, a pistol caliber bullpup, the chance to buy something that's not going to break the bank so they can go try it out, see how they like it. And, and um, the other thing is too is with our experience now, uh, we have about a decade of experience in the, the plastics field. Um, what that really has allowed us to do is to, like I said before, focus on quality. Um, so our, our goal with any product that we make is if you were to come into a gun shop and you had never seen or heard of our products before, if you were to see it and not know what it was, you would think that it was some European bullpup, you know, counter-terrorist weapon that had just come out. And, mm -hmm. th and that's really the idea is, is that for $250, we're trying to offer the same quality that people have come to expect from Steyr, from IWI, from um, FN in their bullpups, um, but at, at a fraction of the cost. Right. Make it look sexy. Right. Yep. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, uh, Walter, sounds like you want to. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I want to tell you your 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 audios and your video aren't aren't aren't, aren't synced. Thanks, Jeremy. Oh, me? No, they're they're yeah. synced. Oh, Hank's art. It wasn't for a minute on my end. Oh, that's probably. That's probably everybody you, else. Walt. 
Everybody else loves it. It's, so. it's oh. working fine oh. here. Yeah, yeah, Walter. <laughs> it might be. It might be. <laughs> no, it might be you. Okay, so um, I'm trying to pull up the uh, website here. Exactly, how many uh, kit products do you guys offer? Yeah. Uh, so right now, it's it's pretty much the two main ones. It's it's our 1022 bullpup. Um, and then our uh, high point uh, carbine bullpup, they come in different colors and uh, the high point uh, bullpup comes in all five of the calibers that they offer. So we okay. do have different SKUs, but the, the you know, overarching categories uh, of, of stocks, there's the two main two ones. Stocks. Yep. And then we do have some other, again, we have some other accessories as well, like our, our magazines, which we had talked about before. Um, we have some other odds and ends uh, as well. In fact, um, I'll, I'll grab here. So we have our, um, this is our, uh, 1022 uh, bullpup um, and actually Whoa. okay that looks good it's so cool looking yeah <laughs> <laughs> so so you can see here we've got uh, one of our this one has uh, one of our barrels in it this is our uh, integrally flash suppressed barrel oh um, so, yes yep so we made these because uh, the right about the time that we launched our 1022 bullpup uh, red jacket firearms had just come out with theirs uh, mm -hmm. as well and uh, so that was it was it was just kind of a weird bad stroke of luck for us where here we have been working on this thing for uh you know several months or maybe even a couple of years at that point mm -hmm. and they you know announced that they're coming out with theirs so at the time it was like oh man you know we're not going to be competing with the sons of guns people mm -hmm. um and so in a weird way it maybe helped us too because the entire bullpup scene kind of started to blow up about that time in the early 2010s and uh, so it ended up working out okay, and then that's when we came out with our barrels. Um, and the idea of the integrally uh, flash suppressed barrel is that uh, it gives you a flash suppressor um, that's basically, it's, it's not even pinned and welded, it's actually machined to the blank itself. Um, and what that does is it gives you uh, the shortest overall length that you can possibly have for a bullpup without an NFA uh, stamp. Okay. And uh, and then you get the flash hider, you know, pinned to it basically, or, or machined into it. So that's why we came out with those, and and those are available on the site as well. Um, all the the metal products that we uh, sell that are steel, we we go with a, a melanite finish, um, which is kind of becoming the standard for the industry. But when we first came out with our barrels, we were I think one of the only people in the in the 22 rimfire uh, field that were doing the uh, melanite finish on on rimfire barrels, which it. As far as wear is concerned, there's obviously not nearly as much as there would be on, say, like a 5.56, but when it comes to cleaning, uh, we notice a huge, huge advantage uh, towards getting the, the lead fouling and the copper fouling from uh, the plating process off the, the barrel. So there were some big advantages to it. Now there's other players in the industry that are doing um, melanated barrels, but uh, early on, yeah, we were one of the first people to be doing that, and um, we noticed some, some big improvements and gains for, for going that direction. Okay, cool. Um, I don't know if you guys have any questions out there. Just feel fr free to jump in, Walter, babyface. The price on the uh, barrels are. Let me see. I'm trying to pull it up on the website. So. What's um, what's the rule on barrel length for those things? Because I know yeah, if you go under a certain, it's an SBR. Over, it's fine. Correct. How does that yep. work? So, so on our 1022 stocks, to keep it as short as possible. In fact, I grab it again here. Um, uh, to keep it as short as possible. From the, <laughs> I'm sorry, that thing is so cool looking. I, just, I just love it. Thank you. Appreciate yeah. it. Um, so from from the uh, buttstock to the barrel or the muzzle um, is 26 inches. In oh, order so you to guys achieve, are right at. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So in order to achieve that, you need an, at least an 18 inch barrel uh, to yeah. do that in our stock. Um, some of the other kits out on the market require an 18 and a half, which is yeah. what the uh, standard 1022 comes with. But because so many um, uh, 1022 barrels, aftermarket barrels out there are the nominal 18. 
we designed ours to fit not just the 18 and a half, but also the the nominal 18. Nice. So uh, yeah, so that's why ours, uh, we when we first offered our barrels, we sold them in both the 18 and 18 and a half. Um, we've since just moved to the, just the strictly 18 because most of our sales are um, either to people that don't have the stock at all or people that have our stock specifically. So um, they can find them in 18 inches uh, for, for most of the styles that we offer. Okay, yeah, that's the reason why the one Walter has over there. Let's see if we can get Walter to throw that one up. So yeah, this one Walter has, this is actually SBR. Yeah, that's a oh, nice. weird one. Yeah, nice. Walter's got the SBR joint right there. Very cool. So, uh, are you are you chopping that down more, Walter, or you like it like that? Uh, I haven't given it much. I haven't given it much thought lately. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it looks good like that. But yeah, you. No, so it if looks you, fine. Yeah, fine. if you get this kit, you do have to be aware of that. Don't wind up with a you know legal SBR anyway. <laughs> right. Yeah, that that is one thing we try to list that on the site too, just so that people yeah. don't run into that. But um, yeah, I mean, it it would be. Technically, because people get confused on that, it, the reason for that is is the overall length. It's not the people are probably wondering why it has to be an 18 inch barrel. It's not because the the barrel needs to be 18 inches. It's that the overall length would be too short. It would end up being 24 inches rather than 26. And so, um, even though the the NFA ruling is a 16 inch barrel. Uh, to be not an SBR, the overall length still has to be 26 inches. So, okay. uh, but yeah, that's that's exactly why you you would want to make sure that your barrel is at least 18 inches, uh, so mm -hmm. you don't wind up in some some trouble. And we don't want to get a call from jail. Don't don't waste yeah. your one phone call on us. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm sure you guys have a disclaimer somewhere in the kit, yeah. right? <laughs> yeah, there's there's one in the instruction manual and, yeah. and one on the site too. So yeah, we're not getting lawyers for you. Yeah. <laughs> if you right. uh, let me see, I'm gonna try to go through some of the questions because I think there's a uh, some questions here. Dan hates you, of course, wants to know. I'm sure you've heard this before. Does it take Glock mags? <laughs> so, as, as much as we would love to say that that it does, uh, the big issue and and when we designed it, um, for people that aren't familiar with this product, uh, I'll go ahead and pull one up here. Uh, safety check, just make sure. Um, mm -hmm. So. Basically, on this on this product, what we did was we designed the uh, magwell to be um, uh, removable, so that you can actually pull out. There's some inserts that are uh, integral to that. Uh, they're they're screwed into that uh, magwell, and what that allows us to do is down the road is uh, we could theoretically put in a double stack magazine. Uh -huh. issue, yeah, th so that's that's the long term goal. Um, and the issue though that we're running into is is that the high point receiver itself is not designed in such a way that a Glock mag or a Smith & Wesson mag would fit into it because the, there's a, a narrow uh, channel that the single stack mag fits into for about an inch, inch and a half that, that goes directly up into the, into the breech area. And so if it were any wider than that, it wouldn't fit. So long term, what we're looking at here is um, either one, doing some type of a, of a mag on our own that would fit that shape. Uh, or, which this is the new rumor from High Point, they've got their new Yeet Cannon 9 that's coming out, mm -hmm. and that supposedly will have the option for a double stack magazine um, in some of the models. It's kind of some of the really? rumors that we've heard. Oh, that's okay. what we've heard. So I don't know. Again, we'll, we'll see what happens. That yeah. was the the myth that we had heard that potentially yeah. there was Hightower Armory guys breaking news here all right <laughs> well don't, don't, don't quote me. <laughs> no we're quoting you now it's too late don't quote me I didn't hear that directly from High Point that was just some of the rumors beyond yeah um, so so part of it is, is if they do uh, end up coming out with some type of a, a, a double stack magazine where it goes from that single stack out to a, a flared double stack 
um, magazine, then you would theoretically be able to put that into our into our stock if we make the appropriate bushings for that. So um, that might be something you see down the road, but for right now, you're kind of stuck with, uh, in fact, I think we've got, uh, you know, the red ball mags here um, and they're, they're great mags. They work well and you get 20 rounds. Um, they're a little bit longer. Uh, yes, obviously. I'll show that up, uh, put that closer to the camera so folks can see this out here and then explain exactly what we're looking at. Yeah. Yep. So, so what you're seeing here is a, it's a 20 round single stack magazine from red ball sports. Um, they're great. They, they run, uh, really, really well. We've had great luck with them. Um, they come in both nine and 45, I believe right now. Uh, and I think they are working on the 10 millimeter and, a and a 40 as well. Um, and so you would get, you would get 20 rounds out of that magazine and the 45s really aren't terribly bulky, uh, you know, for what they are for being a 20 round magazine, because they actually have a flared, uh, base to them. So they, they start single stack and then they flare out to a, a double stack on the base of the magazine. So okay. they're really not terribly long for a 20 round 45 caliber magazine. Okay, cool. Uh, let me just remind everyone out there as you're coming in, please smash the thumbs ups. Okay, we appreciate it. You know, if you hate us, you can do you can do the thumbs downs. That's fine. But you know, give <laughs> us give us some love. We got the High Tower Armory guys on. Um, let me see. Uh, Dalton Schaefer wants to know if it's available for 10 millimeter. So I know that the kit is out for the uh, carbine, right? Kit for is yep, out. That's correct. what. Yeah. yeah. Well, That's I what Walter did. I have one, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Walter, you can th you can throw it up there. Go ahead, boom. There we go. Walter All right. So my question you. is, okay, and you guys gonna probably just just wink or nod if you're, the answer is yes. You're gonna make a mag that fits this profile, right? <laughs> that that would be the idea. Yeah, it would it would uh, integrate into that. Um, we have some <laughs> some plans or preliminary drawings that we're working on right now. But like I said, part of it is we're waiting to see uh, what High Point does if they do. Mm -hmm. In fact, come up with their own double stack magazine of some kind. We would want to make it universal because part of the challenge that we're uh, running into um, would be that if we design this magazine, it would be specifically for our stock, and that would be a, a pretty big expense for something that's you know you take kind of a niche product already, and then you you go even more niche in a magazine that only fits that. Um, so what we're hoping is is that. Uh, if they do come out with something, we can make it universal where hmm. whatever we make would go to their handguns. And then if they do a double stack carbine, uh, then we could sell mags for that yeah. as well. Um, right. So it would be, a, yeah, we could share the cost that way. So they, otherwise the mags might be prohibitively expensive uh, for the for the average user that would be looking to buy them. So. Right. So I'm not trying, actually, I am trying to deep dive into this uh, rumor <laughs> about the yeet <laughs> cannon here. So... Um, you guys are thinking that uh, high, um, high Point is going to, you know, with, with this new Yeet Cannon, it's going to be a whole new platform we're looking at, or they're going to make a magazine that that's backward compatible with the old with the old. I guns? don't think what it are would we be backward compatible okay. because yeah, because the the magwells are they're single stack on the old one. So if anything, it would be a new one going forward. And uh -huh. again, that was just some of the rumor that we had heard. And until it launches, we can't say for sure. Um, but it would be interesting if they do end up coming out with some type of a double stack version. Yeah. Um, because, and then that's part of the reason too, that we want to be careful about making anything in advance, because if it doesn't work now, people are going to have to kind of make that choice between, you know, do we, yeah, do we want the high tower style? Do we want the high point factory style? And, and we're probably not going to win that fight. So, um, we're, yeah, we're kind of, we're kind of in a holding pattern now to see what they do. 
um, see if we can get our hands on something. If they do come out with a, a double stack magazine for it, um, and they may not, you know, maybe it will just be the Cannon will just essentially be a slightly modified, um, you know, uh, their their nine millimeter compact. So, um, yeah, it, it, time will tell if that's the direction we go. Yeah. But right now, our main focus is just getting as many stocks out there as, as possible, so that uh, when we do end up looking into the magazine that there's going to be a base for it that would make it a profitable product for us to pursue so okay maybe a kit a kit for the yeet cannon to make it into a little pistol <laughs> the, like Probably. a micro ronnie or something yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> i'm just saying no, it, it might yeah it, there might be some market for it but um yeah. yeah i mean most of what we focus on is is uh rifles and i think All right. uh not again don't hold us to this but probably one of the next directions that we get a lot of requests for and we'd be already well equipped and we've kind of explored it a little bit would actually be like the ruger pcc uh, um is another one that, mm, yeah that's a really good one yeah. yeah they do and and it and what's nice about it is that it would bolt up well um you're not looking at uh, a whole lot of work to to do that whereas like you know people write in and ask for a bullpup AR or something. Um, and yeah, there's, there's just, there's something. We're getting to those questions. Trust me. We're yeah, going to get there. Yeah. <laughs> it, it just doesn't work on something. So yeah, um, yeah I mean, down the road, a, a Ruger PCC bullpup might be something you guys see from us. Um, there, I mean, there's a lot of different directions we can go uh, with this and, and there's a lot of different firearms we get requests for. So okay. uh, it's hard to say which direction it will end up, will end up heading, but uh, either way, we try to keep people uh, posted on our, on our Facebook. Okay. Uh, whenever we have like, uh, you know, an early prototype that we're looking to release, we'll generally drop it there uh, first and, and mm-hmm. kind of feed, feed some red meat to the base. So, right. So why not? Okay. Go ahead, Patrick. I was cool. say, are you guys thinking about expanding the P90 to other already listed platforms um like the p90 for the for any of the high point stuff yeah it's it's possible the um the the ps90 shape is kind of tough to let's see here so obviously we got kind of a, a ps90 inspired design here that's um really what, what it's intended for too is people that maybe have uh, a ps90 and want to do some training that's not yeah so expensive um, or, you know, people that maybe they never had a, a PS90, never even dreamed of getting one because it's like, well, I don't really want to spend 1300 bucks and 30 cents around to shoot a 22 Magnum more or less. And, uh, so yeah, I mean, it might be something that you see, but kind of early on when we were first developing it, um, our, our thought was, okay, people are going to want this as a training gun. Um, cause there weren't really a whole lot of clone rifles out at that time. Like when we first started doing this, really the only one that was in the field was the, um, Archangel five, five, six for mm-hmm. the 1022. Um, that was one of their stocks. And then Tapco had their, uh, T six, I believe they called oh, it. Oh, Tapco. Don't say is, it. Oh, I'm sorry. No, I'm sorry. <laughs> There's going to be a bunch of people out there like. <laughs> Well, Don't I, even I mean, mention the Tapco. No, okay, that's yeah, fine. Uh-huh. Yeah, they were they were probably one of the first ones to offer like an AR style 1022 stock. And so our mm-hmm. thought process was, okay, people are are buying these as training rifles more or less. And so we thought, well, okay, the bullpup field, what what's going to be the big one there for training purposes? And it seemed like the demand online was mostly for kind of a P90ish uh, bullpup. And then we were kind of debating too. It's like, well, what if we just did our own thing? And that's kind of what Red Jacket did. And it didn't seem to hurt them any to do kind of their own, make it their own animal. Um, and I think that's what people really want is they just want something that's unique and different. So like on the MBS 95, when we were de- doing the design for that, we didn't really worry about anything else out in the market that looked like 
like that, it was it was always going to be its own thing because we realized that it seems like people out in the market would rather have, let's say, um, you know, functionality and and um, usability over, say, maybe looking like something else. Yeah. Um, there is there's definitely a training market, um, but for I would say 75% of our customers, the reason that they like the looks of our stock is actually because it's unique, um, because they're not going to find anything like it anywhere else. Um, and and what's cool about our MBS 95 stock is too, is that uh, a lot of people say like, oh, they tried to make it look like a space gun or they tried to you know, intentionally make it look super futuristic. And when we were doing the design work, it was really actually just finding the simplest possible shape and styling that we could to make it do, you know, purely focused on function. There wasn't really much stylistic uh, stuff going on here. It was it was all based around function. We actually cut away a bunch of stuff to kind of streamline it from the original and from the very first prototypes. Um, yeah. It just looks good. It, it looks good. Oh, I mean, Walter, yeah. yeah, that was the first thing Walter said, right, Walt, when you uh, when yeah. you got it out of the box. Well, that like, was the first thing, yeah, good. it's very nicely made, very sturdy. And yeah, the other thing is the plastic doesn't feel like garbage. It doesn't plastic. feel like yeah. the high point stuff. It feels good. Yes, yeah. exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and that I, but, me, oh, go ahead. But I think some of you, got, a couple, somebody there is probably an XM8 fan. <laughs> that actually, there is some XM8 uh, <laughs> busted. <going on> here. <laughs> yeah, right, no, it, right here. Okay, right here. let's see, Walt. Yeah, right, right here. There. Okay, the boot, the boot is similar to an XM8. <laughs> um, I've got an XM8 poster up on the wall here. Yeah, from nice. from back when HK was handing them out at the shot show and stuff. Mm-hmm. You, you got to get one of those those uh, Tommy built or whatever for uh, yeah. like four grand. Let's or see if Walter can actually get <laughs> that. Uh, can we see it? Uh, I don't know if you, okay, we I'm see, going the wrong. I'm going the wrong yeah, way. Wrong yeah, there you go. Yep. Yeah, I can uh, kind of see it behind there, the. Yeah. yeah, behind the. You got some yeah. uh, Humvees yeah. and stuff in the way of it. Yeah, I got all kinds of stuff up there. Yeah. 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 So that's been up on the wall since, you know, they they handed those out and. Of course, the XM8 was nothing but a plastic G36. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. So, okay. um, and it and it had lots of problems, melting and things like that. So. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. You run a, a full auto string through uh, through a polymer-bodied uh, rifle, you tend to run into issues sometimes. <laughs> but. But I do. I do like. I do like the way you use you use metal for the Picatinny rail stuff. Yeah. Because yeah. you, know, you know a lot of people would just throw molded plastic on there, and it's like, after a while, it just don't work. Yeah, you know, it, just, it won't work. It's gonna well. deform. It's gonna deform. Yeah. You know, once it yeah. heats yeah. up and all of that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, no, we try, and and that's something we did back on our on our um, original the uh, ninety twenty two. Very, um, you know, early on, we just made that decision where it's like, no, people are gonna want uh, an aluminum rail. So we integrated an aluminum rail to that, and then we carried over that same concept to this design. And it, and part of it was too on the um, on the uh, let's see here. Uh, actually, I'll grab this one. Um, on the MBS 95, part of the reason that this lower rail needed to be metal or uh, that we wanted metal was because it's also an integral mechanism to the whole takedown operation. Yeah. yeah. Um, so there's a lot of stress on this part when it's, you know, if it were, especially if we're made of plastic, it probably wouldn't hold up the best. So to take it down, for anybody that hasn't seen, um, there's a latch here. You just pull that back, uh, rail opens up, and there's a uh, tooth on here and that's essentially what holds the whole kit together and then after you get that unlatched then you oh that's easy peasy yeah so that's yeah. the upper assembly that comes right off that's the first that's- time i've seen someone do a kit and build in a way to get into the gun easily mm-hmm. in the kit that's actually you know kudos to you guys on that one 
Oh, thank you. Yeah, we yeah. and we had a lot of feedback um, from our uh, customers early on with the 9022. Um, we learned kind of early on that people wanted to see a um, quick, you know, quick disconnect or quick uh, takedown method of, of mm -hmm. getting the uh, uh, rifle assembly out of it. And that's something that we decided, OK, we better make that a focus of, of this next uh, kit. And it happened, mm -hmm. too, that the um, uh, high point stock worked out well for it because it didn't have a trigger guard integral to the um, to the uh, uh, housing, the receiver housing. Yeah. And like the 1022, that's part of the problem is if you tried to uh, put that together, uh, you know, with like this quick disconnect method or quick takedown method, you wouldn't be able to get the trigger linkage into the housing. And so um, that's that's the big uh, reason that the high point actually worked really well for this. So yeah. uh, going forward, we're going to try to integrate the same takedown method to any other products that we come oh, out sweet. with. Okay. But, yeah, it'll it'll take some engineering to get that to work out where we can we can successfully do that again. Yeah. So, so let me just say this, Patrick or Walter, if you guys see any uh, comments because there are comments and stuff like that coming in, uh, let me know, uh, folks out there, as you're coming in, please like smash the thumbs ups. I see uh, we're gonna get lots of requests of guns, and um, <laughs> that's pretty much all the comments right now. Are you guys gonna do this? You guys gonna do this? Um, yeah. They're asking what the site is. This is an EOTech. Okay. Um, yep. EOTech. Yeah, and it yeah. kind of fits the shape of mm -hmm. the, you know, it's, yeah. it's got it's got the lines for yeah. the yeah. EOTechs look good on bullpups, I think. You know, mm -hmm. yeah, they do. Yeah. They're yeah, they're very. They have that kind of stout and sturdy look to them. That yeah. patterns with the, the yeah. bullpup look. Or uh, Mepro lights. Mepro lights also look good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I think so. On on bullpups, you know. Um. Okay, so I see some requests for MP5s out there. Mm, you know, you guys think thinking about that. Maybe uh, oh, yeah, I mean, just as far as a bullpup goes, or yeah, just you know, control. so like maybe a guy like me that has one of these. I don't know. Let me see if I can go in closer on myself here. Um, yeah, so let's do. No, this. I think they're taking Boom. the Ruger, the Ruger yeah. ten twenty two, and making it look like a MP five. Yeah, yeah, the Ruger ten twenty two, look at a, a, like an MP five. I mean, I would like to see just an MP five, but whatever. Well, I know that. Yeah, I wish I could wave a magic wand and all of a sudden yeah. put about ten thousand more MP5s in circulation right now. But. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, no, that would be something we could do. Um, part of it is the we're we are constantly competing in a um, especially with the ten twenty two market with a lot of different companies that do a lot of really cool things in the ten or the, not even just ten twenty two but twenty two. Um, mm -hmm. So many companies now are doing their own twenty two clones of their you know they're maybe their more uh famous military equivalent so um you know you got like the uh, hk their 416 i think they've got their own um 22 clone of that now there's yep, yep. you know scar clones um there's mp5 you know like the gsg already mm -hmm. out there so, so it, it is tough um it, it's a tough market and for us too probably one of the big questions that we get a lot is well how do i justify spending $250 on a bullpup stock for a rifle that's that, you know, cost that much. How do I double the value? Uh, Walter. Yeah, Walter, what's up? Well, yeah. a lot of these people can't own the guns in the state they live in. Uh -huh. They can't own an MP5. They can't buy a SIG 5.56. They can't. So all they have a choice, all they have left is getting a knockoff. Yeah, a absolutely. Absolutely. So and, and we are yeah certainly sympathetic to that. Um, and so, yeah, part of the, the challenge they're up against then is the, is the cost. So uh, making something that competes with the GSG, uh, if you already have the 1022, it's a little bit easier. But if you're somebody who has to go buy a 1022 and then a stock for it, mm -hmm. you know, it might be more than a, a GSG out of the box. And so yeah, that, that would uh, be tough. Yeah. yeah, it is tough. And, and so, yeah, 
when, when it comes to the stock itself, uh, like I said before, we, we do run into a lot of people that are, you know, they're struggling to justify. It's like, well, how do I spend $250 for a stock? And what a lot of people don't even think about is, is like, okay, you go buy an AR-15 and you can maybe get, you know, a $500 AR-15 kit from Palmetto or, you know, a site like that. Um, people don't bat an eye about putting, you know, a $250, uh, uh, you know, precision rifle stock from Magpul on it. And when you look at, you know, what goes into one of our stocks to make it versus say something like the, the precision rifle stock or a UBR or something um, kind of in that same price range, there's considerably more going on here in terms of, you know, a material and labor and time. And so we're, yeah, we're not over here getting rich. We're not, we're not trying to jack our prices up and, you know, enormously high bullpups just generally cost more money because you, you have more things that go into making a bullpup work. So, yeah, I mean, and the, so molding, I mean, I don't know if we wanted to get into it here, but creating a mold is expensive or am I wrong about that or? Very, no, it, very expensive. Yeah, you're you're absolutely yeah. right. It's mm -hmm. it's a very expensive process, and um, yeah, typically it's tens of thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of dollars, to complete an entire mold. You know, to do like a bullpup stock might might be that much easily wow. because yeah, it's all custom machine, so it's hours and hours of time to trial and error. And oh yeah, there's a lot of that, and and mm -hmm. so you start with for the people that aren't familiar with it, what you're doing is you're starting with a block of steel that could be you know the size of a dinner table. And what they're doing then is they're cutting out the negative. They're cutting out what the shape of the product could be. Uh, they do a, uh, an A half and a B half. The A half would be like what is visible when the product is is assembled. And then the B half would be all the, the stuff like if you've ever seen a plastic part that has all those little pin marks in it. Those are the ejector pins. Uh, that's what actually kicks the part off the mold. And so it's 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 not just a mold. When you, when you look at it, it's deceptively simple. You know, you think on paper, it's like, well, you just got to cut out that shape and then you can keep making parts. But every mold might consist of hundreds of individual pieces between ejector pins and, um, um, you know, the actual mold cavities themselves, mm -hmm. uh, vent channels, inserts, cores. There's all kinds of different things that go into uh, making a mold. And so it's, yeah, it's a very expensive process. Um, then you've got your, all your design time, your prototype time. Um, it, it adds up really quick. And, and so that's why it's tough to bring a product like this to market. Uh, and, uh, that's why generally speaking, you're not going to find very many bullpup conversions for anybody. I mean, if you, not even just us, but if you look across the market at different companies that make bullpup conversions, they're almost always between two and $300 for, yeah. for a quality kit. I think I've seen um, some expensive ones, like closer to a thousand. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah like mm -hmm. there's the M1A, uh, bullpup conversion. And I think that one was like, yeah, 900 to a thousand, like you said, for a while there. Mm -hmm. Um, and yeah, they're, they're just a lot of work to yeah. to do and so are that's you, why they're so are you guys making are your molds um getting made here in america is it overseas what's the uh yeah we try to do everything here for for you know the most part it's hard to say where a lot of stuff comes from you know in terms of like steel and material but yeah all of our stuff we we mold right here in rogers um so uh it's it's fun we we don't actually own the equipment we use a, a shop that uh, does molding for us and what's cool is we have a really good relationship with them so we're over there almost on a weekly basis basically um running we'll a lot of times run our own stuff yep. you know and and uh and do it that way so it works out well for us to do it uh in kind of a using another business to do it since mm -hmm. the molding you know the molds themselves are expensive but then on top of that you you throw in uh the machines that would actually do the molding and now you're talking you know maybe a half million dollars or something to, to get a machine that can do that. So okay. it's, 
yeah, it, it's it's definitely an involved process, um, but it's a lot of fun. And, one, and once you get it uh, kind of dialed in, then it's it's super easy because now you can just let it run and mm-hmm. it makes parts quickly, yeah. which is the the benefit to it. So yeah. have you have you guys gotten into any sort of three D printing for yeah. like testing prototypes and whatnot? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, pretty um, much each item has been three D printed. That's how you get your start. Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Multiple times you should do it. Yeah. Um, there. Did you did you guys get into moldings before three D printing technology really took off? How did like if so? A question was going to be how does it compare pre-3D printing to making prototypes now with 3D printing, it seems like it'd be so much easier. Yeah, and and when we first kind of started doing uh, the 3D, well, and even just our, our first prototypes, it was it was already a technology that was available. There was design companies that had that ability, and that's generally mm-hmm. who we go through. Um, so they'll design stuff for us. We kind of tell them what we're thinking. They design it up, and then they can print it for us. And so, um, generally speaking, it's it's gotten better over time. It was, it was definitely pretty archaic early on. Um, it was, uh, for those of, of you out there who are familiar with the process, um, we use uh, mostly FDM, which is what it's doing is it's actually printing layers, individual mm-hmm. layers of like ABS plastic. And there are certain limitations to that. It's, it's not super accurate in terms of its, uh, you know, consistency with the real world uh, product because it's, it is laying down individual strips and it, so it can only get so much resolution, uh, for the real thing. And then the other negative to that is that it also tends to fracture. Yeah, it wouldn't have product. a lot of structural integrity like that. I would exactly, say. Yeah. yeah. It wants to split, mm-hmm. kind of like wood, you know, it's got grain to it, and it wants to tend to fracture mm-hmm. apart. So if you, you know, were to shoot it with any degree of consistency, it would it would break down over time. And so mm-hmm. um, that, that does make it challenging, but for as far as like fit and function, it's, it's really good. Um, it can give us a, a pretty good indicator right away. And the, and the trouble is we'd rather do it that way because if you screw something up, you know, let's say a mold costs $10,000. If you screwed up bad enough, you can spend almost that much trying to fix it. So you really want to, you want to yeah. make sure that, yeah, you get it, you get it dialed in. If, right if you forget the QD stuff. points, it's going to be some problems. Right. Yeah. Not so easy. <laughs> To get those cutie points back in there, Walter, are you trying to come in here uh, say something? No, I'm. I'm just oh. now. You now you said QD points. I'm oh boy, looking. Walter's looking. Walter's looking for the QD points. <laughs> we, I'll, right I'll save him. I'll save him the trouble. We we don't actually have QD points directly in this, but uh-huh. uh, we do have. I'll show you here. It's it's got eight M lock slots. So Ooh, okay, see yeah. that that makes so, it even better. Yeah, so you can. Oh, you know what? I didn't even notice that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So you got one with the heel on both left and right. So this one okay. is wearing a, an M-Lock uh, QD mount. Um, and then there's also three across the top uh, as well. Oh. On So uh, you guys sell those uh, QD attachment? Yeah. Okay. That's uh, cool. we, we don't sell them. Oh, you don't? Oh, okay. So no, we can just get those anywhere else then. Okay. Exactly, yeah. So for mm-hmm. us, it's and, and that's part of it too, you know, being that we are small, we're not selling to thousands and thousands of customers. So for us, it's hard to make a profit doing you know, even a few hundred or a few thousand, making a few thousand QD mounts at a time if we're not selling to huge swaths of the market. So that's why we went with the uh, M-Lock options. Now you can put rails. You that can is put, such right? a, let me tell you something, man. That is actually a pretty badass idea. I wish more people out there with a lot more resources than you guys would get up on that. Because, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, like the the Caltech RDB, you know, I'm not, not trying to knock it, Caltech guys, before you get crazy. You know, I have one. Um you know, it doesn't have any of that. It would be nice if they had that, right? You could easily add that stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah and that's and that's the idea because a lot of it is too. You know, okay, not everybody is going to uh, say be uh, ready to adopt or or maybe geared up to adopt the QD 
uh, a mount system. Maybe they prefer just the one inch nylon webbing. So if we were to make a bunch of QD inserts and have them pre-molded in our, our stock, it would raise the cost across the board for everybody, including the people that had no intention of using them. So the nice mm. thing about the M-Lock is it lets us keep the cost lower. And if you want them, then you can add them and you're not you know, stuck mm. with using just webbing if you, and, and we do have on our website too, we have a, uh, sling and I'll, I'll give crusader gear uh, llc a shout out they do all of our soft uh, nylon products and uh, they do a great job they make awesome slings and we have their slings available it's it's custom made uh to fit the uh m-lock slot it doesn't use the m-lock really in any way but it actually just fits into the m-lock okay. slot like a standard sling you know mount would and uh and yeah they're great they're great little slings and they're and they're affordable too so i think they're 34.99 um and they work on a bunch of different uh rifles as well but they uh, were designed specifically for this uh this application okay so on the website i see let me see i'll try to i'll pull it up here so people can see what i'm talking about you've got the it uh, looks like the flat dark earth version of the mbs 95 um, it, yep, yeah. Why does it say limited time? You're not, you guys aren't making a bunch of those, or what's? Go ahead and hold it up. Um, so yeah, Nick's Nick's got one. Oh, okay, hold on. Uh -huh. Yeah, I've got you guys. Mm -hmm. So yeah, so early on, we, uh, you know, typically all of our uppers are we have a, like an upper and a lower uh, part of the stock, kind of like a AR, but not obviously the receiver. And the idea is is that we can, uh, when we first came out with it we could make it more efficiently if we didn't have to stock a different color upper for each each kid, if that makes sense. So what we do is we would just make them uh, you know, all black across the board and then um, match it to the lower that the people wanted. And we were kind of debating early on, it's like, well, it would look kind of cool if we did an all flat dark earth or an all OD green. So we just made a limited run of them just to see what sales would be like if we if we did that. And so far it's it's going pretty well. It, it may be something that we offer long term, but for our for our purposes, it's easier just to stock just one color uh, upper and then the lower is the only thing that we we swap out depending on what people want. So, okay. um, but yeah, I, it might be something you see long term, and it, we may expand it to other colors too. But it's it's hard to say right now if that would be something that will yeah. will continue. I don't know longer. what other colors exist in the world, but I mean, I'm sure someone. <laughs> Someone's going to tell me. Um, so ideas. I don't know if you guys see any comments. I see lots of people with ideas here. Um, there's a lot of comments. Let's see. Special K says, is there going to be a SHTF 50 bullpup? They should call that the Hank. I agree. Uh, uh, Archangel. Let me just, let me just let me comment that. I don't do 50 cal next to my head. Sorry. Yeah, probably, probably smart. I've seen, I've seen uh, enough failures online to know that'd be a bad idea. Uh, yeah. yeah, okay. That's going to be a very heavy steel plate. That would, yeah, it would have to be. Uh, you know what, Walter? Actually, listen, yes, Walter. Okay, so you know I argue with you a lot about like the bullpup thing, right? Because I'm a fan yeah. of bullpups. Mm, 50... Yeah, that probably <laughs> yeah. needs to be all metal. <laughs> I should put one together just for you. <laughs> no, 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 no. That's all right. That's okay. Uh, yeah. All right. I see that. But so, what's the other ideas? I know people were uh, a Mac Ten bullpup. Mac Ten now, bullpup. I'm trying oh, to picture that's that. That's Dan hates you with that idea. Mac Ten bullpup. Yeah. Uh, mean, what? <laughs> Mac Ten is already tiny. I don't know what uh, I don't know what we need on that one. Uh, by the way, guys, don't forget to smash the thumbs ups as you're coming in. Okay, the pants says a, a keg twelve bullpup kit. Walter, what do you think about that? That's been done already. That's just bought like a Mossberg shotgun bullpup. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. True, oh, true. I think bullpup limited is a uh, is a company true. out there that's making a yeah 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 bullpup shotgun. Yeah. yeah. So, uh. yeah. And that's the thing, you know, it's uh, long term. Not that we're committed just to the bullpups. That was kind of mm -hmm. something that 
that we've always, or at least speaking for myself, I, I just found bullpups to be more fun. I, right. I think there's something unique about shooting a bullpup that until you do it, you really can't explain why it's more fun. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's just my my personal view on it. I just I enjoy the way they feel, um, the way that they handle uh, everything about them. I've always really liked, and so uh, being a bullpup fan, that was kind of the direction we wanted to take it. Okay. Uh, but that's not necessarily something that we're we're tied into. That it would have to be, you know, a forever. That's that's our niche. We could do some other stuff, but. Part okay. of it is the market is very, very saturated when it comes to, you know, kind of more of the standard pattern, the AK, AR. There's a lot of players out there that are doing some really cool stuff. So it'd be it's easier for us to break into the more niche uh, scene yeah. with, with okay. bullpups. So you're not going to do a shotgun because people already have shotguns out there. I know there were some people asking about that. Yeah, more than more than likely. It's not that we're, you know, discounting anything or mm-hmm. saying that we'll never do something because it's always a possibility. But, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, yeah like we were talking about before, because it is such a big investment, we have to be kind of careful about which direction we take uh, the company next, because if we go into the wrong one and, and it's either already been done or no one wants it, then now all of a sudden we've kind of kind of spent our, our money on, on something that's not going to go anywhere. So that's why the AR, AK market would be safer, um, mm-hmm. because you know that there's going to be some demand for it, but it's also extremely saturated. There's a lot of players out there already that are doing, like I said, a bunch of different Okay. Uh, unique and different things. So. Okay. Uh, Billy Phoenix says uh, Mini 14 slash Mini 30 bullpup kit. Yeah, we get a lot of requests for that too. Mm-hmm. Um, and that one is actually one that is feasible. Uh, it's, it's certainly doable. There's nothing, you know, there's no mechanical stuff going on in the stock that we couldn't, mm-hmm. would you know, would harm it in any way to ditch it. Um, the other one that we get a lot of requests for would be like an AK or uh, SKS uh, pattern. Mm-hmm. Now there is a couple SKS options out there. Um, but it's such an uh, inexpensive rifle, and it's so popular yeah. that it's entirely possible. That I, th- I think it wouldn't be bad for you guys to do an AK kit. I mean, I know, like, okay, Century Arms had some. I have an AK-74 bullpup kit that Century Arms put together. Um, and they, I know they had some issues with that. But the designs that you guys are doing, for example, with the, uh, the uh, 95 uh, that we're looking at here, I mean, that's a really good design. It would be nice to see something cool like that come out. Yeah, oh, absolutely. AK. Yeah. And we can we can certainly look into that. The the only challenge that I can see um, that we're running into early on with the AK, um, we've done a little bit of development with it. Would be the charging handle being fixed. Uh, mm. If you if you try to shoot it left-handed, you might end up losing your teeth. So <laughs> we, yeah. we yeah, that is one thing to be mindful of. And so what we're thinking then is is okay. Well, would we have to do a whole new carrier for the the bolt then that would allow you know it would just be a slick sided. Uh, bolt carrier essentially that wouldn't have the handle in it so there, there are things that we can do to get around it but um yeah for right now uh probably what we'll do uh for the time being is kind of spend most of our time and energies on smaller uh you know accessory stuff so okay. uh, like right i think one other thing that has actually been fairly popular and this is something we're working on now um i'll see if i can get this in here there's we've got a uh uh here we've got a, uh, I think it's a Vortex Venom on there, or okay. it might be the Viper. I see um, it. Yep, and then we also have uh, right here uh, for iron sights, we have our um, our Glock sight bases, which I don't know if you guys have seen. Uh, they're not very well known, and we're trying to get more exposure for them because there's a ton of applications that they can be used in. Um, sight but, bases. But, is that on the website? It is on the website, yeah. And so it's it's under our 1022 accessories, uh, just because we don't really have another category for it. But I probably will put, I'll probably make it its own category. But mm-hmm. what the idea behind it is, is that you can put Glock pistol sights on a Picatinny rail 
uh, with that uh, adapter. And so um, the, the idea being like, let's say for a PS90, uh, which is probably one of the main weapons that it would be used on, it gives you a backup, backup iron sight set that doesn't take up a ton of rail space. So it's not like putting a folding embus on there where it's gonna basically wipe out all of your rail space. It gives you something that's quick and easy as a backup. You could put night sights on it. You could put, um, you know, uh, um, tritium or, or uh, um, fiber optic, excuse me. And so you you have all those options uh, for Glock already, and they're all very low profile. You, you know, again, doesn't take up much rail space. Um, and people are putting them on shotguns with rails that are extended out uh, if they want to have, you know, the Glock pattern sight. And we also get a lot of people that put them on AUGs with the uh, raised rail uh, as well. And so that's something that. Um, we've come out with fairly recently here, and then what, what this is wearing in it, actually, you really maybe can't tell, but what we have here, apologize for the, uh, the pointing here, but we've got a uh, prototype of our, of our, um, our multi-site is what we call it, and what this is, is it's a low-profile HK-style kind of diopter. It's, it's not a true diopter, uh, technically speaking, but it gives you four different uh, uh, you know, rear, um, uh, I don't know, I guess it would be the, the aperture uh, that you can look through. And they vary in size, and one of them is kind of a wide-open one so that it co-witnesses really nicely with a okay. So with you a can flip mount. through that. You can flip through it. Okay. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yep, yep. So it's that's something that you're going to be seeing probably coming up here in the next couple of months. We, we have prototype pictures of it on our Facebook page, but uh, it's been kind of – dominated by our high point stock lately so that's been our main focus now that things are kind of getting back into the groove we're, we're caught up on sales for that that now we're going to be looking at some other uh, products and that might be one of those next ones that you see uh that we drop just so that people you know can consistently see some new stuff from us even if it's not big uh, yeah. uh product offerings like so like stuff. let me ask this i mean we're going to go into some other things here probably talk about some new stuff and then come back with these guys but i know there were lots of questions about uh like, why don't you guys just make a, a straight-up bullpup, you know? Why don't you guys just make a straight-up gun that someone could buy from you and, you know? Yeah. Um, well, actually, what, what's funny is it's probably four or five years ago, I'd actually designed a uh, rifle that I – was just it was all on 2D. It wasn't anything like 3D, but um, I, had, I had everything laid out exactly how I wanted it. And it was basically the jarred. It was that jarred M68 or whatever. Oh. Um and and really like the RDB from from uh, Keltec, where mm-hmm. what it, the the idea was it was going to drop the shell casings back behind the magazine, um, so that it would eliminate the ejection problem. But uh, when Jared announced theirs, and and then you know the RDB came out, it's kind of like well, you know now the idea is kind of run its course in a in a sense. So maybe we will, but uh, right now the accessory field is a little bit easier to. It's not nearly as regulated and. And uh, again, saturated too with with different options that are out there. So um, yeah, we're we're happy in the in the space that we're at, uh, making kind of fun accessories. And part of it is is we like doing unique kind of cool things that you're not going to find anywhere else. There's a lot of like operators out there that they want the you know the next military uh, rifle. Um, and to a certain extent, I can I can understand that. But uh, what we really focus on is making fun products that people are going to want to take to the range and just shoot and, and, and have a good time with. So, right. um, yeah, down the road, maybe, maybe we'll make that next counter-terrorist weapon that, <laughs> that everyone has to have. But, uh, for now, yeah, we're, we're kind of in the, in the accessory market and making firearms that maybe people had forgotten about into something completely new that they can enjoy. Okay. And just for anyone who's wondering, I think Babyface had to, uh, Babyface P had to drop out here, go play D and D. 
<laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I forgot. It's Thursdays. That's his game night. That's his game night. So I don't know if he got a chance to uh, tell everyone that here because we were kind of like hot and heavy in conversation. Uh, Walter, what are you up to over there? What are you messing around I with? Just, I was just pulled out the GSD Rotary 1022 oh. 100-shot magazine that I oh. bought that I've never used. <laughs> and, I, and I was just seeing if it fit in the, the P90 stock. It doesn't because it doesn't have a long enough. Uh, yeah, the main lawn. It, it's, 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 gim, it's gimmicks not long enough. Yeah. Um, but, um, yeah, that's I'm just trying to see. I thought maybe it was supposed to fit into the GSG that I have. You guys mm. were talking about GSGs, so I, I pulled out one of the GSGs. I have two oh, of these, actually. Um, you know, GSG got sued by HK, if I'm not mistaken, because their guns were too close too, clo too close to the original yeah well, I, I, when that was going on i made sure that i got one of the old school ones that are too close to the original <laughs> um, right exactly because uh, now they're now they've got a lot marketing more plastic. they've got a lot more plastic on their on their guns now too i think they've went yeah, from trying to make things is, is affordable yeah because the one i have here has got a lot of uh i call uh die cast or die casting of you know zinc yeah. type. Mm -hmm. and the new ones are a lot of plastic so yeah. yeah, and that's yeah. that's one thing we run into here in uh, Minnesota. We can't own a lot of fun stuff because they have a Saturday night special lot here. So if it's a if it's a pistol that has a receiver or um, you know any any integral part of the of the action that's uh, made from a, an alloy rather than steel, we can't own it. Well, we can probably own it. We just can't sell it in Minnesota. Why is that? So, Why is that exactly? Because the cheap handguns were made out of diecast or zinc. It, exactly, yeah. So like like a high point handgun, we can't mm -hmm. legally buy in Minnesota. Okay. Um, we can have the carbines because it's a rifle, but if the um yeah if you were to buy a, a handgun, it's it's all fairly uh it, it is a, a diecast one. It's one that was either bought out of state, um and I believe you can still sell them privately, but like dealers can't sell them here new. Mm -hmm. Um, because they have what's called the Saturday Night Special uh, pistol law, and the the goal was was to keep cheap handguns out of the hands of people. That's that might uh, use that's against the uh, Second Amendment, right there. I mean, people, why can't people? Yeah. <laughs> Amen. So, no, well, I, that's because of the old days. They had the Jennings and the and the uh, all the all the all the right. diecast guns were the were the choice of the the hoodsters. Yeah, you know, but they but, were cheap. They right. were throwaway guns. So. Yeah, but still, I mean, the people the people deserve to have you know you know the people should have guns even if they can't afford it they should be able to. So you guys can or cannot? Have, I'm assuming you can have high points there. Yeah, we can have the carbines uh, okay. here, but but not the. I mean, and I think you can own it. I don't think there's anything against owning uh, a Saturday Night Special. Okay. Um, but but as far as the sale of them is concerned, they they do limit that. Um, I, I can't remember the exact letter of the law, but it's something like the the handgun. Uh, frame and any components like the slide need to have a melting temperature of at least 700 and some degrees, I think, which basically is designed to prohibit um, or preclude uh, like zinc alloys that you find on, yeah, like the Brico Jennings or yeah. the, the high points. Yeah. Um, and, and like you were saying, too, like the unfortunately, I understand the OK, I understand the motivation I'll, I'll say that, but I disagree fundamentally with what they're trying to do. Yeah. And and not only that, but it's just who it who it targets. Um, it, it hits both the criminal and the person, like you said, that maybe can't afford mm -hmm. to exercise their second yeah. amendment rights. Who say says all gun control is racist? I agree with him. I, Definitely, yeah, I, without a doubt. Well, that, and that's just it. Yeah, it's oh. it's. <laughs> and, and at the time too, you know, like when that Saturday uh, uh, Saturday night special law got passed, it. <laughs> 
it probably was about the time that they were talking about, you know, like the whole super predator thing and, mm-hmm. you know, things like that. And, and going back too to like the, the sixties with, um, you know, some of the first gun control measures we saw that was against, uh, groups like the black Panthers and stuff mm-hmm. where it was really, it, it was a, a backlash to minorities owning firearms and it ended up hurting everyone, yeah. not just minority. And that's, and that's why it's, it's so sad, you know, getting into today, today's stuff that we're seeing kind of the same stuff all over again, maybe not quite as targeted, um, to a specific group, but just in general, the, the effects, the, the lesson to learn here, I guess, is that the effects usually are not what was intended with the law that they almost never actually accomplish what they're trying to do. And they almost always end up hurting innocent people first and, and hardest. So, um, Richard, Richard Hughes is asking this question. Did that prevent all pistol crime? No, <laughs> no. <laughs> Minneapolis, yeah. I can assure you, Minneapolis is still uh, alive and well in, in terms of the crime scene. And so, no, it 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 definitely you won't eliminate it at all. Um, and what, what's actually really interesting, and this is something that uh, I've been thinking about lately and haven't really seen um, anybody on the right really mention or talk about. Um, it's that when you think about the, the gun phenomenon, the mastery, no one ever really defends it this way. When you look back 100 years, go back 100 years in this country, you didn't have any mass shootings, really. And people will say, well, the guns changed. It's like, no, they didn't. Look at look at ads in old hardware no, magazines. Yeah. You could buy a fully automatic 50-round Thompson submachine gun through the mail, and it would come to your door without any background checks. You could be a 14-year-old kid, for all they knew, sending them a check for $200. You'd get your Thompson submachine gun in the mail, and there weren't any any mass shootings to speak of really. I mean, it wasn't until about 1966 with the, uh, Texas, uh, uh, you know, bell tower, uh, shooter. And we found out later that that guy had uh, a brain tumor that was putting pressure, I think on his amygdala or something that was causing him to have these violent tendencies. And then really it started ramping up in the, in the seventies and eighties and into the early nineties is when we started to see, you know, you had like Lubies in Texas, um, Columbine, obviously, and then Virginia Tech in 2004. And since then, it's kind of been ramping up. But we don't really ever talk about, I don't see many gun advocate, cons- you know, conservative people that are uh, talking about why we didn't have these mass shootings prior to, say, the 70s, um, even though the gun technology hasn't fundamentally changed in the last um, 100 years. Yeah, I think we have that conversation here from time to time, right, Walter? Yeah, they, there's yeah. a lot of reasons, and some are... Some are not politically correct. Yeah. Well, I mean, that doesn't mean <laughs> we can't talk why, about it. That's why the discussion yeah. is not being held. Yeah. Because well, you, you, right. you, and there's also a lot of drugs being handed out, like candy now, to people to fix them, you know? Yeah. Um, but there's a lot of other things that now you can't talk about because you might offend someone. So. Absolutely. Um, well, yeah, I mean, and if that's the – people need to just get offended, I think, honestly. We do have this <laughs> – we, we do have this conversation, right? Even with ourselves, yeah. we, we argue about it a little bit. We just try not to be. Look, here's something that I, I, I've been showing people this video. Let me see if I could pull it up right now. Um, I've been showing this video. If you go on YouTube, I think it's, it's been out here for a while. Okay, I found it when I searched uh, 1911 uh, trip through New York City. Okay, and uh, let me see if I could play this video while we're talking about it here. Just to, I'm going to skip through it. You mean so, 1911, the year? Yeah, 1911. In the year oh, the 1911, people, they're showing people wearing, people, people wearing suits and hats and all that stuff. Walter, you know what? You know what? Um, I always say you're not a genius, you know, but you're pretty smart. 
<laughs> but you should like listen. I'm showing. I'm showing I've the footage. I've seen those, and you look yeah. at those old films, and you go, "Man, look how civilized." What was different? Was. Everyone, boys, like now, boys, girls, men, women. Everyone had hats. They had suits. But, but there still there still was the ghetto then too. Absolutely, poor people now, had the had that stuff. The, yeah, the demographics were a little different of the dem- ghetto back then, um, mm-hmm. by the, the the inhabitants. But still, there was still crime. But there wasn't this like savagery kind of stuff that's going on now where these and also like, they were but how, and how many laws did we have back in 1911 about not very that? many yeah. not very many no that's <laughs> yeah. absolutely right yeah and, and, and so, that's also funny too is you you look at like the uh prohibition it's another prime example like we the gun community really doesn't blame prohibition as much as it should for mm-hmm. our our causes of you know having lost a lot of the rights but you look at like the 19 teens you know we passed prohibition in 1919 and all of a sudden Overnight, it seems like, well, within 10 years for sure, you have gangland killings for really the first time in American history. You have, you know, your Al Capones that rise up and kind of start to control their turf the same way that we're seeing drug uh, violence yeah. today. And so you have coming these, out of making stuff illegal, you know, right? Yeah, like, yeah. Yeah. Then all of a sudden now you get the the firearms, uh, the National Firearms Act thing in 1932 or 1933 mm-hmm. or whatever it was. Yeah, so now you, for, for, so precisely. now you can't. Now you can't buy your Thompson like that. And by the way, two hundred dollars back then was a lot of money. You could buy a lot of shit with two hundred dollars. Yeah. Well, and and actually, what's interesting about that is is I I thought that too. So I actually looked into that because I thought, okay, yeah, for two hundred dollars, it's like, well, that's maybe prohibited for most people. But I I looked that up too, and it turns out that two hundred dollars in like nineteen twenty six was about. I want to say three thousand dollars in today's money, <laughs> yeah. mm-hmm. which that is a lot of money. But when you look at some of these mass shooters recently that have, you know, embroiled the, the media and stuff, you've got uh, guys that will spend five, ten thousand dollars on multiple firearms, on tons of ammo, uh, you know, vests, Kevlar vests and helmets and all kinds of stuff that if you look at dollar for dollar, it's actually roughly similar to what a Thompson with you know, a couple of drums and, and hundreds of rounds of ammo would have cost back in the, in the 1920s. Um, so it, and it maybe wouldn't, it, there maybe wasn't, um, you know, I think the copycat effect that we have now, I think that's a big part of it too. Yeah. Uh, it had never been done at that point, And yeah. now there's some of that. This, yeah. this medium that we're talking on right now mm-hmm. encourages people to become um, famous. Oh, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. You know, because they go out and they do their thing and now everybody knows who. Joe, Joe Schmo was before nobody cared about Joe Schmo because he was the guy that everybody made fun of. Now the 15 he's, he's, minutes of fame uh, phenomenon. Right. Yeah. You right, know, what's right. another thing about all of that that fascinates me? If you if you go back and you look at um, if you go back and you look at in 1911, when we were looking at this. There were a lot. There were cars back then, but there were a lot of uh, horse drawn carriages. You had subways and or you had trains and things like that. But mm-hmm. the the 1911. The 1911 handguns really haven't changed that much since then, right? No, you know, lots of other things have changed. We have that same technology. That's 108 years ago. Firearms have been around, I think, for like I don't know. I looked it up before. It's like a thousand years, right? I think. Yeah. Yeah. At least a thousand years or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. I think the Chinese invented uh, something where basically you could put a spear in a tube and fire it out using gunpowder, like 1000 AD. So, yep. <laughs> so yeah, they've been they, around a long time. Yeah. So all of these things have changed in our society. And when we have problems, we're like, let's change this thing that's been around a thousand years that we can't get rid of no matter well, what we do. Yeah. Because you 
it's easier to blame that inanimate object than to blame the poor people or the group or or the guy that crawls up in his attic after shooting six cops. Um, yeah. yeah. Or the well, ones that come, that come out in the street and throw rocks and stuff at the police when they're trying to get the bad guy. You mm-hmm. you. <laughs> so unless until you address that, you're not. Yeah. Gonna, well, like, okay, and then. Right. And that thing going on, because I did see there was something in the news that a bunch of the uh, the public officials over there, the politicians in uh, Philly, they're, they're, they want gun laws. Um, maybe you need to train police officers in Philly better. How to shoot. Yeah. Maybe yeah. they need to get better training, <laughs> you know. Because they could have dispatched that guy with a couple shots, probably. Yeah. How do they turn that around? How do they turn that around when six cops go in there against one dude and, and it becomes a fiasco? That's because you don't train these people properly. You know, yep. and, why and a bunch you, of other why, things. Why couldn't you just get that dude when he's walking down the street? <laughs> yeah. That's yeah. another thing. It was kind of like with David Koresh and all yeah. that stuff. Yeah. When the ATF went there in that big raid, they could have got, he always, he always went into town and bought supplies. Yeah. Well, listen they could have grabbed him when he went and bought supplies. Well, also, listen down. to this. I'm not, say, I'm not saying this guy wasn't a bad guy, but okay. Well, he's so he's a they, shithead. Yeah, but listen, <laughs> this, is a nar- this is a narcotics thing. It's just like we're talking about prohibition. At some point here, these things won't even be illegal. You, you basically made something a crime, and then you're going after these people, you know, and, and you're winding up in these situations because of things that maybe don't necessarily don't even need to be a crime, that you're uh, making hey. criminal, and then you're making people do a lot of bad stuff around he, it because you criminalized he, it. He was more than... Yeah, making yeah. making drugs legal would not stop a lot of the criminals. They no, just, I don't. No, I don't think that yeah, would stop criminals yeah, at all. I think people yeah, will still yeah. get robbed and all that. But I'm just saying, like you know, even this thing that you criminalized, you're not capable of handling. Uh, someone said to me, "Oh, I'm wondering how they can't go there and deal, make this narcotics bust. How are they actually going to come take all our guns from us?" Right. Uh, you know, how's that? Well, how's wait, that wait. Now, see, so you're dealing with. You're dealing with a different type of person. Well, absolutely, yeah. A lot of I mean, a lot of people would give their guns up because they don't want to get shot. They're not going to start shooting the cops. Right. Um, yeah. You know, gangbanger, gangbanger, drug dealer doesn't care about the law. He doesn't care about himself. Yeah. Right. So, yeah. Yeah. Right. Before anything, I mean, anything like that happens, and God forbid it does too. I, that, that's the other thing. There's a lot of I think there's a lot of people in the in the two A community that are you know sitting at home just stroking their AR just waiting for the day where it's like, Oh man, it's mm-hmm. starting. And, and I, I definitely don't want to see anything like that happen. Cause I, I, I do think if it came to that point where, you know, if it, if it broke out into open civil war again, it would be much, much worse than anybody really is ready for. Um, and so I think, you know, going back to the root of it too, like, like you were saying before, where, you know, you you risk offending people with what the cause actually is. And I think a big, big thing, I'm, I'm not afraid to say it, like if, if people get offended, I guess they get offended. But I think a huge part of it, if we look at the data from, um, you know, the criminal uh, uh, statistics, what we see is, is fatherless homes is probably like one of the top, top consistent contributing factors to criminal behavior. And this is true with even the mass shooters. It's not, yep. you know, just your, your, your drug thug. It's, it's mass shooters, it's everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, and without that strong uh, paternal, you know, leadership, a lot of young men end up lost. And and I think if you've seen um, like Jordan Peterson, I don't know if you guys have ever watched much of his stuff or talked about him. Yeah. Um, yeah. He's, I mean, he's blowing up right now and it's, and it's an organic thing where you're seeing young men in particular, like roughly our age that are really gravitating towards a guy like that because what he's offering is this, 
paternal discipline, this this uh, encouragement yeah. of there's uh, no structure, there's no morals, right. no, no, no code. Who, who has encouraged that? <laughs> yeah, you know, no one's you showing you mom, how to be a man or a woman. When you pay mamas to have babies, um, well, well and, and and grandparents raising kids when right, there's right, healthy right. the the mother and father of those kids are healthy people. There's grandmothers and but and all that. They don't got to yeah. they don't got to work to get the check. Yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. Or and plus making some drug money, man. What a life! Yeah, oh yeah, (laughs) for sure. And 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 that's where you know I think we we unfortunately I think in the in the fifties and sixties and you can see this too. It's it's really it's it's frightening because the let's say like the the casualty uh, the frequency and casualty of uh, mass shootings. You know, if you were to put it on a graph going up like this, the rate of fatherless homes is doing the exact same thing at the exact mm-hmm. same time yep. you know over the 50s 60s 70s all of a sudden we see this explosion of fatherless homes and no one's really addressing that and the question is too is like well why and i think walter was dead on you created an economic incentive for one i mean that's that's a there's a clear anytime you incentivize anything you you subsidize something and programs that and programs that support it Oh, exactly. Yeah. You, yeah. you get more of something. If you if there you wasn't more, there back in the 50s and early 60s until 67, whenever that whenever they passed all the stuff. Yeah, there wasn't these programs that incentivized or or made it, you know, oh, I can I can I don't have to work necessarily. Yeah. You know, I got I got I got a place to stay and I get a check. Well, and, so here's the thing. If you're alive and you're healthy and you're not in prison and you have <laughs> children and you don't raise them, you don't give a damn about anyone in society. Well, right. That's I mean, right. that's well, just, that's so, just given. Yeah. If yeah. you don't, if you don't care about yourself, how much you care about anybody else? Yeah. Yep. Yep. And that's, yeah. and I think with a lot of these young men too. I mean, that's that's really what you're seeing is, is uh, especially in the mass shooter uh, realm. You know, I, I I really don't like giving them any credit, any more credit than than they deserve. Uh, and so I try not to read any of their stuff or or uh, you know really give them any attention. Mm. But when from what I have seen and what I have read, the snippets of it, what it is is it's you know it's a bunch of young men who feel like they've been cheated in a sense. They feel like the world hasn't been presented to them in the way that they were anticipating it should or expecting it. And and that's kind of like what you were just saying, where yeah, you have a, a bunch of young men who really care so little. They they feel so defeated and frustrated with themselves that they don't even they don't even respect themselves enough to basically make an effort. So instead of putting that effort in, they say, no, I'm just going to flip the game board. I'm going to, I'm going to quit and I'm going to take as many out as I can with me, which is, I mean, it's, it's so sad. And, and ultimately, you know, it, again, it gets back to the unintended consequence thing. We, who who gets penalized? Yeah. Well, yeah, we do. We do. Uh, I hate to say it. I hate to say it, but the the average white guy gets penalized. Well, listen, that's trickle (laughs) down. This is not, this is not a thing. This is not a thing. That's just uh, black people and minorities. Everyone, everyone has bought into this nowadays in, in, in our world, in our society that they don't have to have any responsibility. I'm not, look, there's people out there who are doing it. You guys are doing it. I'm doing, there's people out there doing it. Right. But there's a lot of people in our society that have completely bought into this way of looking at life. It's almost like a, a video game kind of way of looking at life. Like it doesn't matter and there's no repercussions and screw it. I'm just here on the face of the planet and um, I'm useless, but I'm not going to do anything about myself. I'm going to make life miserable for everyone else. And well, exactly. Yeah. They, they really, they, again, they've, they've given up on, on life being something that, um, you know, they want to put the effort into. They see no way that it's going to be 
what they wanted. And so, yeah, they're going to show you how, gonna, how much they up, present you. I'm going to go out in the blaze of glory. Yeah. Yeah. Right? yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, no, it's it's very sad. And, and I think, you know, it gets back to um, at, at, the, at the root of it, I think getting back to a spiritual uh, America. And that's and that's something that's not easy to sell to people. Um, and I don't want to be like a Bible thumper that gets up here and is like, oh, you better you better start going to church. Oh. But I, I think even just a, a fundamental understanding oh. of the discipline, nature, discipline more, is necessary. A moral compass, a moral yeah. compass. Yeah, right. it, and there's it, no moral. Cause these people don't have a moral compass. Everything's OK. I can do whatever I want. I can I can yeah. do whoever I want. Repercussions you for your actions. <laughs> well, Absolutely. and that that's. A quick justice in my my opinion. Yeah, but, repercussions yeah. for your actions. Some and, and listen, that goes all the way up to the top, man. That goes all the oh, way up yeah. to the top. We're living in a world today where the politicians, the people who are telling us that they they need to take away freedom from us, make us just slaves just a little bit more. There's no repercussions for those dudes. No. Yeah, no. And, and they get out there and they say all this is every day. You listen to this people what they're saying this outlandish crap. You know, it's like. And, and there's a lot of weak-minded people that go, yeah, man, that's me. Yeah, you're talking about me. And it's like, you're, uh, <laughs> yeah, no, it's, it is very, it's, it's so hard because there's, it's, it's much easier to promise everybody the moon than it is to deliver it. And that's, <laughs> and that's really what we're seeing. You know, it's like, we've, we've gotten away from personal responsibility so far as a culture that now, uh, because we're that far down that road, anybody that comes in and says, well, I can fix that for you. No, yeah. really appealing. That's, what, that's what Hitler said, too. Well, yeah, yeah exactly. There's, there's and, been people and, that have promised stuff for hundreds of years, and it almost always ends disastrously. You know who's going to save us? You know who's going to save us? Us. Guys like you. No, yeah. ourselves. Ooh, ooh, ourselves. Ooh. <laughs> we can save ourselves every day. I keep trying to tell people, like, Oh, listen, one of the movies I really hate is Django Unchained, right? And in Django Unchained, there's this whole thing about this white guy comes and saves Django, and now he's not a slave anymore. And he says, I feel responsible for you because I freed you. No, this is not like a black or white thing. If you want to be free, that's every day you have to fight for that. If, you, yep. if you're up and you're fighting for it and you go to sleep, when you wake up the next day, you have to get up fighting to be free again. There's no, no one made anybody free. <laughs> Exactly. Oh, yeah. That's an absolutely. illusion. That's an illusion. And the first yep. place you get enslaved is right up here in, in your brain. You oh, know, yeah. so yep. that's oh, that's, that's what right. that's what we're dealing with here, I think. Oh, uh, by the way, uh, let me see who this is. Uh, Imposter wants to know what's the story with the flag in the background. <laughs> story? Yeah, actually. So yeah. Uh, uh -huh. this is a this, this is a 48 star uh, vintage. It's the actual like from, I think, the 1930s or 40s. OK. Um, and uh, so uh, both my grand grandpas were in the military. One was uh, in the United States um, uh, Air Force, not the, the actual the Air Force Flying Corps, like in the in World War Two. Um, and so he was uh, on a bomber base uh, during the war in England. Um, and uh, and then when he got out, uh, he left the service. And and uh, then my other grandpa uh, was just graduating high school, kind of about the time the war ended in like 1946. And he joined the Marine Corps and uh, he was the Marine Corps marching band uh, trumpet player. So he yeah, he, he actually uh, played like Reveille and Taps at Camp Pendleton uh, every night in the in the late 40s. Um, and then he did some other kind of cool like semi-celebrity events later because uh, he was a pretty well-known uh, trumpet player um, at the time. And so, um, and then he was actually, uh, as he got older, he got more and more into hunting and that's kind of where we got that from. So yeah, I have the flag uh, as kind of a, an homage to their their time in the service uh, back when the flag had uh, had 48 stars. And, 
and part of it is too, I think I'm a, I'm a big history, history guy. And I think probably some of the most interesting stuff that happened in American history happened in that time that, um, we had the 38 or the 48 star flag from 1912 to, uh, 1959. So it was a pretty good chunk of American history, um, covered, you know, world war one, world war two, and, and all the way uh, through Korea and, and kind of the, not even really Vietnam, but kind of the, the starts of the Cold War, I guess, in the yeah. in the early fifties there. So, um, yeah, it, uh, the formative it, years, the formative years, very formative years. Yeah. So no, I, it's a, just an interesting piece of history that I like uh, like to keep, and um, yeah. So it's that's the that's the flag going on, but. <laughs> We formed the industrial military complex. That's what we formed. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's right. yeah. All right, Walter. Uh, I'm just, I'm, I'm a, you know, no, one thing, one, mm-hmm. one thing, when you look at every, like, you look at crime, you look at guns, it's a, you got to look at the facts and the numbers. Once you do that, you go, oh, okay. Yeah. Well, the, the numbers don't lie. No. You know, it's like, yeah. People lie. People lie. Not well, the numbers. yeah, they, they twist the numbers to suit their needs, but right, right. the numbers don't tell stories, no. Yeah. No, so, absolutely not. Yeah. Yeah, I know it's and that's the thing too is really you know hammering home to people that uh and, and we focus mostly on rifles, but you know some of our products might theoretically be illegal under under a ban because it might be, you know, it might have the features that would add up to being a gun that you can't own. Mm-hmm. Um and so so for us it's yeah, we really try to educate people who maybe don't know, hey, uh look at the the number of deaths by rifle, so of all kind. You know, you count the AR, count whatever you want, any any rifle and you're mm-hmm. talking maybe what is it four to five hundred deaths a year it's mm-hmm. compared to yeah compared to twelve thousand with all you know handgun shotguns uh, baseball other, bats everything yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah so and i just heard on, i just heard on the news here this morning somebody baseball batted somebody here, yeah so. well and there was that knife attack too and what was that like california or something recently yeah that, yeah yeah, mm-hmm. yeah that he what is it he stabbed four people i think or something and, and, and illegal too if i'm not mistaken mm-hmm. could have been yeah i guess i didn't hear yeah. that part, but mm-hmm. yeah, yeah it, so it no, I, and, and that gets back to, to the to the bigger problem. So it's like, all right, let's say, fine. Imagine you got rid of all guns tomorrow. You may wave a magic wand, guns are gone. Even if that's the case, the issue still remains. You have a group of young men, particularly, not, not always, but young men who are dispossessed, disenfranchised, uh, depressed, and, and purposeless, really. And they're the, the ones that are having this you know, yeah. murderous, uh, uh, you know, urge. Yeah, exactly. To go out, even if you get rid of the gun, the real problem remains. You, it, the guns are just a, a tool and that ultimately is going to, it's going to backfire into some other area. You're going to have, you know, uh, uh, mass, uh, truck, uh, rammings like you've seen in, in, especially in Europe where they don't have guns. Like there was that one. Yeah, Paris but we've had that in New York city. We've had that. Oh, oh yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. In yeah. Vegas, yeah. they did that woman did it in Vegas too. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. That's why now. That's why now in Vegas, along the sidewalks, they got all the balusters. Yep. You know, yeah. Yep. And, and looking at like uh, too, I mean, you know, I shouldn't even say this because it's I don't want to get anybody any ideas. But when you look at like attacks, uh, like the Boston Marathon, for how one it could have been much much worse, and two, how simple something like that really was to carry out. Mm-hmm. It was it was not a difficult thing to plan or execute. Yeah. And I feel like yeah, if you get rid of the the tool of choice right now, a new tool of choice will pop up. Um, until you really listen think about this sorry to interrupt you here no no go ahead 9-11 happened the dudes used box cutters and took over planes yep did we make planes illegal 
No, no. And and the, <laughs> they made my shoes at the airport. <laughs> yeah, for sure. For sure. <laughs> you can't carry you can't carry water onto the plane. You can't, can't there's all kinds of a, stuff you can't do my anymore. My shampoo bottle's too big or my toothpaste bottle's too big. Come yeah. on, come on. But planes are still out there and planes are the things that had a lot of jet fuel in them and uh, okay, okay. I know there's gonna be cons- yeah, some yeah. conspiracy theory guys out there <laughs> yeah. talk yeah, about it. But ultimately get, the planes started. are still here. The planes are still here, cars are still here. It's us that that are here, the, the the human beings that, you know, we're the ones that are here and we're doing this and we have issues, we have problems, we can't relate to each other and all these different kinds of things. And it's, it's um, look, I agree with you guys, it's gotten worse, but it's always existed. We've always had the broken, evil, crazy people. We would just, it was just easier to deal with them in the past than it is now. Oh yeah, yeah, and I'm, and again, I'm not uh, I'm not saying that all the problems are going to be solved either. If we, you know, if let's say everyone did have a father growing up in a stable home and all that stuff, you're still going to get sociopaths. I mean, they it's just a it's a it's a fact of nature where something's going to mutate or whatever in the in the developmental process, mm-hmm. and it's going to result in some criminally insane people. But at, at the same time that that can happen, um, limiting people's ability to defend themselves from someone like that is not. Uh, a viable solution either. Um, So I think really what we could do is just focus as a society on getting the number of people that fall into that category of of criminally insane to as small a number as possible. Um, And I think that really focuses on on us. I I mean, I don't know what your guys's spiritual, you know, uh, uh, relationship with with uh, creator is, but Mm -hmm. I guess the way I look at it is, too, is this kind of like in the same way that prohibition was a failure of government and it led to other problems. I feel like we as a, uh, let's say, a Christian society have failed, uh, too, in a, in a broader way, where what we've done is is we've we've kind of been too afraid. We've we've kowtowed in, in areas that we shouldn't um, and and really not practice what we've preached. I think that's the biggest thing, because right. the, the hypocrites in our midst are doing a ton of damage. Um, they've made it so that being a, a Christian or a, a believer in something um, is both uncool and, and something that's kind of frowned upon. Um, but I think without that spiritual basis, there, you really can't put any intrinsic value on human beings. You, you can't tell me that in a world devoid of a creator, that there's any intrinsic value to a human being. Um, because it, at the end of the day, if, if you're saying that this is all a cosmic accident, which is what a lot of kids are being taught now, then there cosmic is no... <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, that's really what, what the, the, the theory is, is that it was just, well, this just was an accident and we happen to be here. And if that's the case, then there really can be no objective morality. If there's no objective moral arbiter, then there is no objective moral... Uh, Everything's you know, okay. Yeah, mm-hmm. Exactly. And and so that's that's kind of a, a, a big problem, too. But, um, no, I think just practicing what we preach, uh, for those believers out there, it's like, yeah, you know, what we're called to do is to love our neighbors ourselves and we don't always we don't always show that um and we also don't always hold each other accountable when we need to be uh, as, as a society and that's where i think a lot of these problems are are running you know where we're running into them so uh yeah i'd like to see that i'd like to see a, a spiritual revival in this country not one of a force not one of making people do anything but of being a better ambassador of what being spiritual means so that other people see that and and want to be a part of it not forced to be a part of it, which is, I think, where we've gone wrong in the past uh, by making people, by regulating morality and forcing morality upon people, you can a lot of times drive people further away. So it'll be interesting to see what, what happens. But I think until we address that fundamental problem, you're going to you're going to see more of these 
types yeah. of acts taking place. Well, and let me just say this. I think that um, if you follow just solely the media or Hollywood and lots of people out there, you believe that there's not a lot of good people in the world. But if there weren't a lot of good people in the world, this would be a lot worse world than what we oh, have. Yeah. The truth of the matter is there are a lot of good people out there. And there are a lot of people working hard and taking responsibility and raising yeah. their children, doing the right thing, running businesses, employing people. You know, there's a lot of good stuff going on in the world, but these guys don't want to focus on that because there's actually this thing where they're, they're hypnotizing us into being miserable. A absolutely, yeah. And, and that's absolutely 100% accurate where it doesn't sell to say, you know, everything's going great and the middle class is actually doing okay and the economy is doing well. That, that doesn't sell newspapers because the doom and gloom you know, is, is really what, what drives, drives viewership. Um, and, and that, yeah, you're absolutely right. There's a lot of things that are going right. And there's a lot of good things to focus on. Um, the, just the one thing, the one thing to be careful of is that, you know, it's kind of like the, the 3% movement, right? Where, uh, only 3% of, of Americans and American colonists, as it's reported, were engaged in the revolution and they changed the whole country. And, and that is something to be aware of where it's like the reverse is true. You could also have 3% of Americans that are, engaging in things that are, are dangerous to American society. And that can also fundamentally change us the other way too. So yeah, there absolutely, there are way, way more good people than bad. Um, it's just the power of the bad can, can sometimes uh, outweigh even the power of the good. So uh, that, that's, you know, fundamentally I think what the second amendment is all about is having that the ability to defend against that, uh, that 3% or whatever percent that might, might be out to hurt you. So, yeah. um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see going forward what, what happens here in, in this country, but I'm, I'm really hoping we don't abandon our founding principles. Um, we don't get rid of the second amendment, obviously, because I, I really don't think that's going to solve anything no matter how many people think it would. Well, that would be the beginning of the end right yeah. there. I mean, I, I don't want to say the beginning of the end. I think there's been lots of little tiny cuts of beginnings. Say it, yeah. Say it, say it. Say it, brother, say it. <laughs> there say will it, be a reckoning. There will oh, be a reckoning. Oh, the reckoning could be really uh, unreckoning. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, and uh, what worries me, too, is, you know, it's uh, as, as a manufacturer, it's like I'm acutely aware, and I'm sure Walter is, too, where, yeah. you know, you, you are in the industry, and this is your, your livelihood. So... I know a lot of people, you read a lot of the comments or whatever, and they say, oh, yeah, gun gun uh, ban and revolution tomorrow. And it's like, well, on paper, yes, that's that's maybe what would happen. But what they'll do is they'll say, OK, you manufacturers can't do this anymore. And how many of the, the average gun owner uh, who gets grandfathered in, they'll say, OK, you can keep your AR if you have one, but you can't make any more. How many of the average gun owners that own the AR are going to stand outside Safety Harbor Firearms right. and allow Walter to keep making gun parts? Yeah, yeah. yeah. they're going to come down I mean? and fight for Walter. Um, yeah. I'll give you a, my, my thing that I always say um, here, and Walter has heard this before. It's the alien analogy. So let's say tomorrow morning, the president comes on live TV and says, OK, people. There's such a thing as aliens. They're our overlords. They only want 20% of our children. What's everyone going to do? And people think, oh, that's it. Everyone's going to get together and fight. No, I'm going to tell you something. Most people are going to go to work. Most people are going to go, okay, as long as uh, that 20% doesn't come out of my as children. As me. Yeah, as long as it's not my children or, you know, my children are grown, so I don't care. Oh, I don't have any children. That's what most people are going to do, I think, and just go about their business. You know? Absolutely. And that's and that's exactly. Yeah, that's what I'm driving at, too, where it's, you know, they'll they'll start with a grandfather uh, ban on it where, you know, then no one new can own a uh, mm. assault weapon. And so then all of a sudden the, the pool, the number of people that have them starts to shrink just through attrition, you know, through. Mm -hmm. My, my, and, 
what I just stuck in here made this an assault weapon. That's right. Yeah, yeah. In, in terms of their definitions of it, yeah. and so yeah, they'll you know through attrition they'll they'll ban it so that yeah you can't buy a new one. If you have one, you can keep it, and that'll keep the people that have it happy. But of course, in 50 years, the number of people that are still voting to maintain that right go down to almost zero, and then it's gone completely. Kind of yeah. like you know we've seen the same thing with machine guns. Yeah. Um, it's just they they slowly regulate it away. They don't have to do it overnight. They just do it in. They chip away at it little by little, and then before you know it, um, well, it's like the, uh, um, it's the the wild pig uh, scenario, or uh, you probably heard this story too. It gets talked about gun uh, ownership, where it's, uh, you know, a, a guy, a farmer wants these pigs caught, so he hires a guy to do it, and uh, the first guy he he sends out there shoots one of them, and they all run away, and the next one, you know, tries to poison them, but not all of them eat it, and then a the third guy he hires. Uh, says, okay, well, I'll do it in a week, but, but you know, uh, I'll get it done. And so the farmer says, sure, I'll give you a week. And in a week, he comes back later and all the pigs are gone. He, he got rid of them all and said, well, how do you do it? Well, I put out the food, but I, I put up a fence around them one piece at a time, day by day. And they didn't notice that they were being penned in. And by the, the last day that they all went in to eat, I closed the fence and that was it. And that's basically what we're going to see, I think, with the Second Amendment. Um, you know, over time, it'll just slowly be eroded to the point where the only thing you can own is like a Mosin the Gaunt or something. And then there'll be so few people interested in owning them that then that, that goes away too. So um, we're not that far away, I, I don't yeah. think, unfortunately. Yeah. It, I Hopefully mean, not in are, my America. Hopefully not in my America. So let me ask oh, you, I, yeah. yeah, let me ask you this. Okay, obviously you guys are uh, are not a bigger company out there. You're not a firearms manufacturer right now. You're making accessories and things like that. What do you yeah. guys do about the Second Amendment um, at the company there? Like, for, is it How many people are involved in the company? Is it just you two? Is it... Is it bigger yeah, than that? Mostly, it's mostly just us. And then we okay. do have some employees uh, that, that okay. do like assembly work and stuff. But it's, you know, it's, in terms of like management and stuff, it's pretty mm-hmm. much just us. Yeah. Um, so what are you guys so, yeah. doing out there to, you know, to to help with this fight for the, the Second Amendment? Yeah, well, and being that we're kind of a small company, it's like, mm-hmm. well, we're just we're lifetime members of the NRA. So mm-hmm. um, we do that where, where we can. And I know mm-hmm. the NRA isn't a perfect organization um, and they've had their their challenges. Um, at the end of the day, they're still right now our best, one of our best options for mobilizing around the Second Amendment. Mm-hmm. Um, so we try to help out there where we can. Um, mm-hmm. Obviously, just even by the nature of what we do, uh, helps out the Second Amendment in a sense because by selling someone a gun, it, what's really, really nice about the Second Amendment, even more than say the First Amendment, is it's a tangible thing where you hand someone a gun and you say, okay, you, you bought this item. You have a a real incentive to protect that right because now you're holding a physical thing. It's not like the freedom of speech. It's not the freedom of religion. It's not the freedom of assembly. You get to hold this thing, and the thought of watching it being stripped from your hands is a powerful, powerful agent to motivate you to continue to defend that. So, mm-hmm. so part of it is, is getting new shooters involved too. Like um, we work with uh, there's a gentleman by the name of Tony Simon. Um, I don't yes. know if you've seen. Yeah, we know stuff. Tony. He's yeah. been here on the show. Yeah, Tony, fabulous guy. Yeah, two way uh, for they, everybody. Two way, yep, two way is yeah. for everybody, and that's yeah. and that's another thing too. Like we really try to work with with uh, gentlemen like Tony who are mm-hmm. getting uh, people that maybe have never even considered the importance of the Second Amendment involved. Um, so we try to help out groups like that when we can. Um, but yeah, just general education too, like being able to come on a show like this and just yeah. talk for an hour about why we have the Second Amendment, maybe some of the nuances that or angles that people hadn't thought about. Mm-hmm. Um, that's another thing. So. And, mm-hmm. and yeah, down the road, like in my, in my dream world, would it be awesome to do like a podcast like this, you know, set something up like what you guys do here? I, w- I would absolutely love to. Yeah. You um, can definitely and- talk brother. So 
You know, <laughs> I apologize. Use your no, that. no. I'm not complaining. I'm not well, complaining. No, use your skills. <laughs> talk to the people. Get out there and talk to. Listen, I think it's great that you do support Tony. He does a lot of good work, especially for folks up there in New Jersey. It's it's really difficult. You know, um, they're trying hard as possible to make New Jersey into California. <laughs> Oh, yeah. You know, yeah. so it's good to do that stuff. I, and I know some people out here, when you mentioned the NRA, some people not happy. Uh, what yeah, do you I think? Know. What do you guys think about this whole situation with the NRA? And are you looking at alternatives like GOA, et cetera? Yeah. Um, no, yeah. Like uh, uh, GOA is certainly you know, something that would be uh, an alternative to it. Um, NRA, though, it, it just does have the it has the the history. It has the footing. Um, I'm really what I'm what I'd like to see. It's it's much easier to let's say co-opt a movement than it is to start a whole new one. And we've seen that. I mean, that's kind of kind of what modern politics is all about. It's it's not new parties springing up. It's existing parties that get co-opted and shifted and morphed mm-hmm. to something else. And so I think what 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 we really just need to see is the NRA being held accountable by the members uh, that are in it, uh, advocating for change that moves in the direction of two-way support. But I understand too where there is an immense pressure, um, and and this is what's what's frustrating about like say Republican politicians in general to me because they're obviously the ones that are supposed to be, you know, defending our rights. That's a big part of their base is the defending of the Second Amendment. And time and time again, we're seeing that they're the ones who are slipping. Mm-hmm. You know, whether it was Reagan in the '80s or yeah. or uh, you know uh, Trump now with the bump stock bans, it. What we need to do is hold the people that are saying that they're going to be defending the Second Amendment accountable, and that includes the NRA, that includes your elected representatives. Um, but it's it's really hard because the NRA and Republican politicians know that they have a base that probably won't turn on them wholesale if they give up a little bit. And what they're I think what they're trying to do is they're trying to split the baby. They want to be able to say, okay, look, we're reasonable. We're making these reasonable uh, um, moves. Reasonable. And and yeah, and again, I'm not defending it. I, I'm yeah. just, I, I yeah, you're just pointing their out their strategy. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So what they're saying, you know, they, they don't want to look like they're, you know, unreasonable that they won't uh, negotiate. Yeah. But part of it is it's, we have a, we have fundamental rights. We have inalienable rights that are not to be infringed upon. Right. And, and th- those principles are hard to convey to people. It'd be no different than if the ACLU, and this is what I try to explain to my, you know, friends that maybe disagree with my views on the Second Amendment. It'd be no different than if the ACLU came out and said, well, actually, now we're going to uh, want to put a ban on hate speech. So if you, you know, we, we are making reasonable restrictions on what should be allowed to be said. And so you shouldn't be able to say hurtful things to people anymore. And it's like, no, you, yeah, even if I disagree with with your right, well, your, your, your ability to say it, I don't disagree with your right to say it. I will defend your right to to do that. And so um, that's that's really what we need is we need politicians that, are, that will stand up. We need the NRA to stand up and say, um, yeah, this is just a fundamental principle of the second amendment and it's not to be messed with in, in any way, shape or form. Um, but yeah, that, that can be a dangerous principle politically though, too, because there is a pretty strong movement from particularly the left that I, wants to yeah. you know, go that way. I, yeah, I, think ahead, this over, I, I think this left movement is overblown, over, over exaggerated. It's kind of like when they say they're, when they say to people in general, there's a, well, in reality, when the whole gay thing, right? There's only a like fraction of the, of the thing that's actually gay, right? Mm-hmm. But they want to make it look like everybody's gay, right? You thought about being gay, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> right? Uh, right? So, yeah. mm-hmm. so they make it sound like there's everybody's anti-gun. Right. Everybody wants change. 
Yeah. Well, who's telling you that? That's not really true. If you look at the who's folks, telling you that the no. media's telling you that. Yeah. That's that's their agenda. Right. You know. So you start thinking, well, everybody, everybody, we got to do some, we got to do something. No, you don't. You don't have to do a thing. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, doing something didn't change it, but when they did something before, did that change anything now? No. no yeah, exactly. It's and and these are all. It, what it really is is just a symbolic measure. That's what people it's, just it, want. It's they feel want, good. Yeah, it is. I want to feel people, good about what I did. Exactly. And, and, and they want to feel good is not going to be a shield to save you um, when some evil person goes I out there. I didn't do anything. And, yeah. You didn't do anything. You didn't do anything. You didn't do anything. Mm-hmm. So right. why am I being penalized? Yeah. Exactly. Well, exactly. The, I, I don't. If I do something wrong, penalize me. Yeah. But until that until that time, don't come and f with me because I didn't do it. Yeah. Well, this is the thing, like if I could just go back to, um, you know, talking about splitting the baby, right? This was, I don't know if people realize it, this, the whole thing was Solomon, right? He had, he had these people that came to him and they, they were fighting over who, who were the parents of this baby and he couldn't settle it with them. And he was like, okay, I know what I'll do. I'll take this baby and I'll chop it in half and I'll give, you know, this (laughs) couple half and that couple half, Right. And um, I think what wound up happening is one of the couples were like, okay, yeah, let's do that. And then another couple was like, wait a second, don't, you know, don't do that. It's okay. You know, we'll, we don't want you to do that to the baby. And he was like, give the baby to the people who didn't want them to be chopped in, in half. Exactly. You know, and this is the thing, like if, if we're looking at the second amendment as a baby that people think it's okay to chop it in half, we don't need those people. Those are right. not the responsible people. Those are not the <laughs> not the mama. <laughs> That's yep. the, the same ones that want to have thirty Supreme Court justices or something. Yeah, yeah. And the same and the same ones that tell me that. Uh, all these yeah. crazy don't crazy trust sh- those people and that's yeah, what yeah. that was the wisdom of Solomon. I don't know if people actually know that story anymore. Maybe yeah, we need no, to teach that. that. That's, <laughs> that's an excellent uh, illustration of what. Yeah, of, of really the fundamental problem with the NRA right now is they are willing to, to uh to They always have been willing to co- to do that. I hate to say yep. it. They always have yep. been. They're always Yeah, and you can't do that. You can't compromise. You you can't compromise with people that aren't willing on their side to do anything. Yep. Yeah. Equally and, and we know what and, and what's so funny is is there's never gonna be a day you're never gonna wake up one morning, let's say ten years from now there's another assault weapon ban or what who knows what. You're never gonna wake up one morning and uh, Fredo Cuomo gets on and says, uh, <laughs> "I was wrong." Yeah, I was I, wrong. I oh, was wrong. well, actually, you know what? Great news, everybody. It was you. It was you, Fredo. You did it. Yeah. You split <laughs> the baby. You. <laughs> he's, he's never gonna get out there and say, "Oh yeah, well, you know, I, I've decided we have as much gun control as we need. We we don't need any more the assault weapon ban. That's it." Because you know, long term, it's it's only gonna it, it it'll be one one stop on a train mm-hmm. that goes from here until complete ban. The pocket knife's gone. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Your pocket knife is gone. That's yeah. what. It, it, then, then no. Well, first of all, I have to tell you guys. Um, Lola always tells me this. We met when she uh, moved from Maryland to New York to go to go to school, and she said, "Okay, what can I have to protect myself? Can I have a knife? Nope. Can I have pepper spray? Nope. Can I have a stun Slingshot. gun? Nope. <laughs> Slingshot? Nope." You couldn't have anything to protect yourself. And that's all because of La Cuomo Nostra, the, the, the Cuomo family, and other people in New York that set that up. They're oh, not the only ones. That's, been, that's yeah. been going on for 70 years. In, in, uh, yeah. That's all, that's all post-World War II in New York, in yeah. New York City. Yeah. 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 No, and, and that's uh, – yeah, it's, it, it's amazing to see 
you know, you look at all these these places where they've tried the gun control measures to the extreme, and it's those are some of the most violent places around. Um, and so it's, and I, and I think it's it's the tail wagging the dog too, in a sense. You know, a lot of these laws get passed because there's so much crime in those areas, and so people, it's it's a knee jerk thing, but mm-hmm. it doesn't solve the issue at all. You know, it's not, uh, you know, it the doesn't get rid of the crime. Mm-hmm. The issues just continue to compound on one themselves and get bigger and bigger and bigger while you ignore them. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. Yeah. Yep. And of course, politicians want us to need them more, not less. They're not in the, they're not in the business of solving problems. They're in the business of creating problems for us. I think this is what yep. a lot of people don't uh, you know, this is what a lot of people don't realize about politicians. They are in the business of making our lives worse, more fearful, you know, more desperate where we come to them and say, "Oh, please, master." <laughs> Master. Save me, save Please. me, master. Job security. Yeah, <laughs> you know, security. yeah. So this is why I keep like I've been asking people lately. Hey, is a little bit of slavery okay? You know, just let me know. Is a little <laughs> bit of slavery okay? Because I don't think so. Um, yeah. Let's see. We let's let's uh, pivot here a little bit. You guys want to talk about some current events? Okay, I got one Florida man thing I got to tell you about. Florida oh, yeah, man. Right. Okay, yeah. It, it, just, it just it popped up right yeah. as the show was starting because <laughs> I guess I subscribed to this Florida man channel thing. Yeah. Florida Florida man sprays neighbor with bug spray, hits himself in the head with nunchucks. <laughs> and they got a picture of this brother with a big red and a mark through his he's nose where he must have, he must have whacked himself right in the yeah. head. He looks like he's like, oh, man. Don't is- go for the nunchucks if you don't know what you're doing. Everybody's not Bruce Lee. <laughs> they should ban those next. Yeah, <laughs> people are hurting themselves. Oh my gosh, New York uh, did ban them before. I think now there was a Supreme Court case, right, Walt? Where yeah, they, they're, they're, yeah, they're legal again in New York. Yeah, it's legal in New York. Uh, Have so, you heard all the nunchuck attacks? Yeah, yes, I don't know. Yeah, I know. Rampant. People yeah. need to start doing nunchuck classes in New York so people know how to use their nunchucks. <laughs> I'll be walking around. I'll have a holster for my nunchucks. I'll be open yeah, carrying those you bad just, boys. Uh, you turn in you turn in your gun, which they legal, and you get legal nunchucks. Oh That's boy. Right. <laughs> and you just go at it with each other with nunchucks. Come yeah. on, man. <laughs> that would be so ridiculous. I could just imagine that, you know, that would look a lot like uh, there's this video of these New York I gotta look and see if I can find this video. These I think it's New Yorkers, and they're uh, get flipping each other the bird, right? So they're really mad, and they meet in the street, and they're flipping each other the bird. But that's all they're doing. But they're doing it in more and more elaborate ways. Have you guys ever seen that video? <laughs> no, I haven't seen uh, that. Yeah, I got. I have to see if I can uh, find this video, if I can look it up here. Yeah, okay, so that was your news. Do you guys have any news? Uh, uh, I, I saw this thing. So uh, so Epstein, his his neck was broken. What was, uh, what was it? Collarbone, yeah, neck bone? Bones in his neck were broke. Yeah. What is the deal with that? Oh God. That you know that. That's another. That's a kind of a touching on the whole society thing. Mm-hmm. Now you expect this stuff to happen. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There, you almost expected. Like it, it, as soon as he was put in jail, it's like he's going to commit suicide, or he's going to get suicided, or whatever, yeah. Arkansas, <laughs> or, or whatever, yeah. and, and or whatever, and it's like, look at that, it happened. Yeah. yeah. No, I it, it was it was something where I can't believe that uh, I think I saw one of the political pundits talking about this too. Where okay, even if barring the fact that he had just allegedly attempted suicide uh, a few weeks ago, right. getting rid of that fact altogether, this guy had to be one of the most high-profile people that they've held in decades, and mm-hmm. he probably has enemies beyond just the ones that we know about. Oh, yeah. How was he not? Yeah. 
being for his own security, being watched more closely. Yeah. Can we get the um, Clinton rule? If anyone is possible to be suicided by Hillary Clinton and Bill Clinton, <laughs> can we, you know, can we get special protections? Yeah. <laughs> but so seriously, though, I mean, in New York City, in New York City, the guards were asleep. They took the guy out of his cell. I don't know. The, the guy, the big muscle bound guy, that didn't make any kind of sense to me. You know, it's so yeah, bad. Well, they had. I think they sus- what, did. They suspend the warden or fire him, or they move them somewhere. Uh, I don't know. If it's Maybe some- yeah. Yeah, something well, like, like that. A lot of people are saying too. It's like all right, you. They try to match prisoners from what I was reading earlier today. That mm-hmm. uh, you know they don't want to put like because because like a pedophile or someone accused of that is like mm-hmm. target number one in mm-hmm. a in a federal. So you're going to put a big cog diesel dude like, did right. you see that? Yeah, exactly. That's what everyone was saying. Yeah. And and he was a guy that uh, had been, I think he, the, the cellmate would, was charged with like four murders or something. Yeah, so like, that guy looked, out. that guy looked very rapey. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> he did. <laughs> but yeah, so, so that's the thing where it's like, okay, you don't, you don't put a guy that's in there for the rest of his life, pretty much guaranteed in with a guy that molested young no. girls really because that guy is gonna he has no incentive not to just kill that guy mm-hmm. um so yeah it's that would be certainly interesting to see what what went on there that paired yeah. those two together but but again too i, I want to be careful so we don't fall into the conspiracy theory trap because a lot of times those turn out to be wrong and then it hurts our uh, it undermines our, uh, our too, case too late but, for that man i am a certified oh, no, I, know. I am a certified fan of alex jones alex jones was talking about this <laughs> <laughs> Give Alex Jones some respect out there, man. They deplatformed Alex Jones. They deplatformed him, and this is one of the big things he was talking about. Can we get Alex Jones back on some platforms? I I actually completely agree. I I mean personally, like watching. I mean, I have seen some of his stuff, and for me, it's it's hard to stomach some of it i will say mm-hmm. just because he's he's so dramatic and so over the top <laughs> on a lot of things but no i i do give him a lot of credit because uh-huh. he's been talking about some of these things um some of these you know now we're finding out uh like the pedophile ring stuff where you know he's talking about high powerful people that are involved in this kind of stuff and everyone's going oh you're nuts mm-hmm. and now all of a sudden it's like no he no, might have been onto not, something here he's not yeah nuts. this is yeah. No, this is this is it goes a lot deeper than people are willing to admit. And now the I mean the whole Prince Andrew stuff too. Oh, um, oh that's, that's a thing now. <laughs> oh, he's well, got a picture with a seventeen-year-old. Well, yeah. Well, have you seen? So Hank, have you seen the no. the allegations or whatever? So well, Prince Andrew is probably like one of the highest-profile people, uh, in you know, alleged in this whole deal. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's kind of going about his business, and the Queen's going about their business, like nothing, you know, like nothing's mm-hmm. happened. But allegedly, yeah, he. He's been named specifically by that. Is it Veronica something? Well, oh, the British know, chick. The British chick. Uh, Guinevere no. or no? no. Not, not, not no. Oh, the, the oh the um by by the per, one of the people that brought this whole thing up, right? Yeah, yeah. Was, right. She was seventeen at that time, I think, and she's mm-hmm. she's in her thirties now. And yeah, I think she named him specifically um, as one of the mm-hmm. one of the first. There's a picture of the two of them together. Yeah. Yeah, and I. Yeah, and Epstein, I think, is in, is he in that picture too? Maybe no, the, the the British woman's in the background. The that, that's right. Okay, yeah, yeah, Ghislaine or whatever. Yeah, um, yeah. and uh, and so yeah, I know it, it, that could be one of those uh, things where the the British royal family has a ton to lose with some of this stuff. And there's been allegations in the past that they've whacked people that have done far less than than you know yeah. revealed. Oh, uh, this like is that. the British oh. royal family, man. They're they're the whole reason why we're a republic. 
So, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. We, just, we could just start with that. Those bastards. <laughs> I have no love, no respect for them whatsoever. But they've done a lot of horrible things in the world, without a doubt. It's just like the media and everyone else, even a lot of people here in America think they're somehow awesome. I have no respect for any of them. No, yeah, like my, my dad and I were just talking the other day, and he's like, I can't believe the, you know, the British people have put up with it as long as they have. It's like here you have a family that through no other reason than, than dint of birth are being supported in a palace, in multiple palaces by the British taxpayers. Uh, and, and I think it was like Princess Diana or whatever, even though she got divorced, she was still granted special privileges mm-hmm. to – uh, palaces and she could fly around the plane on the in mm-hmm. the plane and uh, around the world with a, a royal family's private jet. Um, she had all this access to different stuff that you know. It's like how would how would we as Americans imagine that if if the Americans and we I guess we kind of do to a certain extent. We have royalty, but we need to get rid of their asses. Royalty, yeah, right? we have royalty, but we don't need them. Yeah, we don't need them, right? No. And then that's the thing. Where it's it's you know it is amazing that they are willing to pay for it, but but the the symbology, the symbolism of a uh, uh, of a royal family is obviously deeply ingrained in the human psyche. Uh, well, it goes. I mean, it goes back to the Bible too, right? You know, the the Israelites. It's, they they had the judges system where you had local judges that handled all the internal affairs between people. If they had a fight, they'd go to the local uh, judge and they would solve it. And then they started demanding a king. And uh, they said, I think it was uh, Samuel, was it, who said basically, no, you don't, you don't want a king because what's going to happen is, is they're going to take, you know, a, a third of your grain and mm-hmm. and your livestock and all that stuff. And it's like, sure enough, that's exactly what we have today. And um, so yeah, I, I definitely can see why it would be a powerful thing, though. It, it goes back thousands of years. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're a tribal uh, uh, people, and so to have that symbol of a of a patriarchal figure or matriarchal figure in the case of England um, is powerful. People like that. Yeah. And it, yeah. unfortunately, like said, like, unfortunately, most human beings are sheep. I hate to say yeah, that, yeah. but that's the problem that we're facing. Um, yeah. But anyways, so yeah. um, back to, back to what I was kind of saying was mm-hmm. it kind of, now, now you kind of, ex- it, it never used to be a thing you expected these things to happen, but now you almost like he's dead. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, and, mm-hmm. and 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 sure enough, boom, it happens, and it's like, uh, and then people just people get jaded to that too after a while. They're yeah. Like, well, Harry's oh, holsters well. is saying he's probably still alive, or you know, there's some theorists, there's some conspiracy uh, people yeah, saying he's still alive. That's another. Yeah, he's in yeah. Israel or something, right? Yeah. Um, um, does anyone see the? Did you guys see the link I put up here in our thing? And I also put it up oh, on the, the channel. The flipping off fight. Yeah. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna flip it over here just for a second. I just want to show you guys this. If you have the link, you could pull it up. If you guys see it, and if folks out there, I did put it in the chat. Uh, I'm gonna throw this up here for a second because I'm always telling people about this. Oh, this is that. incredibly amusing. Look at these guys. They're just going at it. This like oh. they're first close to each other, giving the birth. Now they're walking into the street. This might not be New York City. I don't know, or maybe it's it over is. in Europe somewhere. Yeah. So now is they're it? just like they're they're just gonna do extra. Th- this is a a war of the birds. I don't know yeah. for the people. The people that are listening is just two dudes. They're like walking down the street in traffic, still giving each other the birds. <laughs> open each other off yeah um i, I see Human on fox beings. news that the uh, coroner in ohio says that the ohio dayton gunman had cocaine alcohol and guess what antidepressants oh no <laughs> no you say no <laughs> imagine that look at walt he's not crazy yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> i actually I... heard that from i heard that from somebody else that was talking about that mm-hmm. and it coincides with that shift in yeah 
the thirty-year kind of uphill thing with these, these events. That's oh, when yeah. they started. That's when they started handing out all these antidepressants and fix your kid in school by giving him drugs and all this stuff. And mm-hmm. you know, yep. So. yep. No, that's I, a big part of it too. Yeah. And and that kind of coincides. Talk about school. You know, back in the old days of school, you had like uh, recess mm-hmm. and you had PE. And you got mm-hmm. to go outside and run around and harass your your fellow schoolmates and beat each other up. Yeah. And you got all that sh- you got all that stuff out of your system. Now they don't have that for kids. They don't get to go out and run around. Yeah. They they also before. used to beat you. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, survival of the fittest. Yeah, some lashes. No, I'm not complaining. Sometimes it's oh, good. I got, I got it a couple times in school. So, you yeah. know, but then I no. then I realized that that's not the way to do things. You know, so then I right. my heck. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and, that, and that's that's part of it too. It's like, yeah, you uh, you don't have that self-respect, and you can get it pretty fast if you, yeah, if you get in one of those schoolyard scrapes, you can learn pretty quick. Okay, what it what it feels like to get respect in a you know in a somewhat constructive way, and what it's like when it's taken away from you too in a fight that you can't win. And so, uh, yeah, I think no, I think they've done a ton of research on that where the 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 need for play and for rough and tumble play with especially young men is is incredibly important. Um, and Jordan Peterson, they, like we had mentioned him before, he talks about that stuff all the time, mm-hmm. um, has a, a lot of great resources that he yeah, references. You, you can't swing on the swings too hard because you might fall off. Yeah. Or, yeah. You yeah. can't climb on the monkey bars because you might fall off. Yeah, also everyone can't win. And no, yeah, no, no that's yeah. Yeah, that's everyone can't too. win. Yes, absolutely. Yep, yep. That's a lesson that people need to learn. Um, okay, listen, we've got a couple of minutes here. I want to encourage everyone that's still hanging out with us to smash the thumbs ups. We do have the guys. We have Nick and Andy from uh, Hightower Armory, LLC, joining us. You guys want to throw up some bullpups here? There might be some people who yep. are just coming in now. I want to get back sure. to Hightower Armory. This is these guys' first time on. We'll have them on again. You know, and I'm sure that they, I probably missed a bunch of stuff that people were saying, oh, we want this gun. Walter, I, I'm on you now, so you can show your gun. You're trying to show it. I was, I was thinking the M1 one. carbine would be a nice, would be a nice bullet. Okay, bullet. yeah. Yeah, we, we get that um, one a lot uh, requested too. And um, part of it is I'm a, like, as a, as a history guy, it's really hard for me to want to, want to do anything to the, the M1. <laughs> but it's such a, it's such a, it's, it's such a, religious. <laughs> it's, it's such a small package though, as far as, you know. Yeah. And yeah, once you like once it. you pull once you pull the stock off, there's not much to it. No, and, and what's nice is too is auto ordnance. I know they're making their their clones of it now too. Um, so yeah, you wouldn't have to destroy a, a piece of history to do it. No, I mean not yeah. yeah yeah, but you're, you're stocks seen, require it. But as soon as you um, have you seen how much they want for their guns? For the auto ordnance, yeah, oh, I don't they know. want like nine hundred dollars for an M1 carbine. Mm. Oh wow, yeah, you're, you're basically yeah. looking at an original one anyway. Then uh, yeah, yeah, close yeah. anyway. Yeah, uh, Richard Hughes is talking about his Hank 10 discount. Richard, we will we will talk to the high tower guys about that, and we'll get that yeah, discount yeah. out there. We'll get it out. Yeah, for, for anybody that wants that, um, I don't have it posted yet. I should have been ready to do that, but uh, what I'll do is I'll just I'll I'll go ahead and make that hot. Uh, maybe like within half an hour of uh, the podcast ending here, and so by you know nine nine o'clock or eight thirty tonight Central Time. Um, you should should be able to use that if, if you're looking to order. So yeah, absolutely. Uh, Just do Hank ten. Yeah, yeah Hank ten. Yeah. And do, I'll do. Uh, I'll I'll try to do uh, all caps. We'll do all caps. All caps. Hank ten. Or do you normally do capital? Uh, whatever. Or? No, whatever works for you guys. Yeah. Okay. Whatever works. Yeah, I'll just do guys. all caps. All caps or or all lower. Uh, mm-hmm. Hank ten. Okay. Have you guys ever seen? Speaking of M1 carbine, the Israelis made uh, like I guess probably a version of Tavor in M1 carbine. No, I didn't see that. I no, saw I, that. 
they they touted that around a little bit like it was going to appear here in the states and it never did but i know they did because the israelis use a lot of m1 carbines and they like that round yep um, yeah no it might be something you know we could look into it and just see what the demand would would be for it um it's not i would say we do get requests for it but I, i'd say probably our biggest one would even bigger than that would be like the mini 30 or the mini 14. Uh, mini 14 probably, yeah yeah probably come in a little bit more more popular but that's not to say that it wouldn't be something you know maybe we could adapt quickly to both you know too bad the mini 14 doesn't take these mags i know yeah the stand egg and, and that'd be something too i don't know if anybody's looked at doing a conversion for it we could we could try doing that where it would fit but i don't know if it uh feeds the same or what the mechanism yeah. is yeah. like compared yeah. to the two, but what's the so what is what do you guys think is the best gun out there to do conversions or, <laughs> or have you already done stuff for it all right i gotta say this before z50 says it should be a gal 8 <laughs> <laughs> we'll, okay. we'll work on that that's that's, that's the a10 gun the yeah the warthog mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. okay i'll see what i can do yeah uh, just a bull just a bullpup a10 it's not yeah. just a slightly shorter <laughs> a10 someone <laughs> said bullpup nunchucks i don't know who <laughs> dan hates you said bullpup <laughs> Yeah, you guys could do nunchucks. By the way, okay, so the Tyvon Show wants me to uh, throw up your, um, here's the Hightower Armory Instagram page. This is what it looks like. Everyone go follow them on uh, Instagram, Hightower Armory. We'll have them back on again and we'll do more stuff. So yeah, yeah, I, we'd yeah. yeah, we'd love that. Thank you yeah. so much for having us, by the way. Yes. It's yeah. been a real uh, oh. pleasure talking with you guys. And Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so before we get out of here, I know we're at the nine o'clock hour. Let's uh, before we get out of here, how can the folks out there, if they uh, want to find out more about you guys or social media and all that, how can they get in touch with you? Yeah, uh, probably the best thing would be, like I said before, our, our Facebook page is, is a great resource um, for that, for questions, for comments, for messages. Um, uh, info at HightowerArmory.com is our contact uh, uh, email. Um, that one we, we get back on pretty quick. Uh, they can also call us if uh, they're not big into doing the email thing, and that's 763-428-4488. Uh, uh, that's our office number and then uh, um, we also have our uh, YouTube channel uh, as well so between Instagram Facebook YouTube and, and our email those are, are definitely yeah. the best ways to get a hold of us. are you guys on Gunstreamer? Uh, not yet I okay. think we have an account with full 30 um, okay. you're familiar with max yes. uh, project there yeah um, um, I know I uh, you know you guys may not know this but I think max not part of it anymore but I am familiar oh, with full 30 okay. I'm on there I would suggest uh, you know do multiple things. Uh, Gunstreamer works like this. You go, you sign up, and you tell them to pull all your videos over to Gunstreamer so you don't really have to do too much work. And it lives on Gunstreamer's server. So if YouTube, for some reason, decided to uh, to uh, delete you guys' channel, you'll have everything over there. So you might want to look into it. I'm on there. Walter's on there. Lots of folks are on there. Awesome. Yeah, I'll, I'll give, that a, give that a shot. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, you know, also, they're good guys. They come on the show here sometimes. They're typically in the sh in the chat. They're easy to communicate with. So, you know, um, you, you guys give that a try. It's, I definitely advise that. Absolutely. Yeah, we'll, we'll definitely do that. Yeah. Uh, Walter, I'm going to go over. Yes, I'm going to go over to you. Uh, what uh, what would you like the people to do to follow you out there? How can they uh, see these videos? For example, you got some videos and things like that of the Hightower armory stuff so um you can check out it's on um, there's some youtube stuff there mm -hmm. is some instagram stuff there is some gun streamer stuff there is yeah. we're over on uh you're on Mi you're on mines Mine, now mines yeah m-i-n-d-s yeah. with the light bulb. i gotta post some more stuff over there yeah. but yeah um and of course there's uh that's all under safety ever firearms um 
Um, mine's is under safety hour firearms, one word. Um, there's some Twitter. Um, and you can always call the shop, too. Or, um, you know, um, that's one way to do it. Or get on the website, safetyhourfirearms.com. Yeah. yeah. So. Absolutely. Um, and so, you know what? Uh, be, I'm, I'm Sit tight, guys. We're not going out of here yet. Uh, Walter and I, we're going to get, uh, we do have a video that's already up with the uh, bullpup kit for the high point 10 millimeter. Uh, we're going to do some more stuff of it uh, with videos with it as soon as we can. We do have the PS9. I forgot what's what's the name of the PS90 kit, guys. The 9022. Yeah, yeah, the 9022. We've got that there. Walter's showing it now. We've got some videos. And by the way, I, you guys might not know this. We were talking about uh, we were talking about uh, GunStreamer. A lot of these videos, when we make them, especially if we show people things like how to put it together and all that. YouTube's uh, really coming down against those videos. So you can find a lot of that stuff on GunStreamer from us as well. That's, uh, and, what yeah. he mean, and what he means by that, they're not, they're not monetizing them. They're demonetizing. Yeah, yeah they're so, demonetizing it, which uh, pushes down the uh, discovery of the videos and all that kind of stuff. So it it keeps yeah. it, pushing the creators down. They're pushing them down. Yeah, yeah, man. <laughs> keeping you down, man. Yeah, absolutely. A funny thing: all the stuff that we did with Antonio Okafor, they've automatically just um, demonetized it. So that's yeah. I saw it. you had her on yesterday, right? Yeah, yeah, we did. We had her on yet uh, uh, day, day before, before yes. day before yesterday. Yeah. So. Or day before, okay, yeah. No, that. that yeah, she's a great uh, a great asset to the Second Amendment, too. I saw her, they did a, a Vice piece on her, I think, for a while, or uh, a little bit about her anyway, and that yeah. was really interesting, uh, yeah. too. But, uh, yeah, just getting some, I mean, it's sad that it even needs to be said, but uh, diversity of the most just banal type, it's like, you know, like the color of somebody's skin makes a big difference or something. Mm -hmm. But obviously, in this culture, where that's like a huge focus now, it is so critical to have that diversity um, for our movement mm -hmm. and and that's why it's really cool and it's it's awesome working with somebody like you too where you mm -hmm. know it's somebody that maybe isn't associated with the second amendment and the general psyche of of let's say the left or the the gun grabbers yeah and so yeah thank you for everything you do and for giving people like us a voice and keeping the second amendment going strong absolutely so. guys thanks yeah it was my pleasure it was great having you guys on sit tight right there i'm going to drop the end uh we'll see you guys tomorrow it's going to be friday so it's going to be what is that like freaky oh, friday Freaky Friday yeah. <laughs> coming up tomorrow. Lots Don't, of Florida men just tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> Don't forget to subscribe. Don't forget to thumbs up and also ring the bell so you can be notified when we go live. We're out of here. We'll see ya. Peace. Thanks to Hightower Armory. Make sure you guys follow them on social media and tell everyone you found out about them from us. We're out of here. Bye. Peace. Thanks so much, Thanks, guys. guys. See ya.